you know i think more importantly than you know looking for a specific feature or specific unique item on the river or something like that you need to start you know orienting yourself to okay where's this fish can be posted up what's the best spot when i'm going through this section of the river where is the best spot in this stretch right here that a fish can sit that would be protected and provide an opportunity for it to ambush prey coming down river yeah. and if you can start answering that question when you're out there you're gonna have a lot more productive day on the water Welcome to the Good. first annual. Actually, that's the second intro second drum line. <laughs> that's it. Greetings. I'm Adam. And salutations. This I'm is Steven. This is starting a lot more calm than I ever pictured. And one one podcast me and Scotty had, it was like I picture a day where there's all of us sitting around a table and it's just chaos. Well, that sounds right. Part of the part of the thing is that Adam's parents and grandparents are in the room next to us, so I'm trying to keep it to a relative level. That also adds up. I have not finished the entirety of that that glass right there yet. And that's ditto, ditto on that. <laughs> I think things might get a little ratchet after the whiskey with a splash of sweet tea. Yeah, what is did you make for us tonight? To start well, we have a little cocktail that's just bourbon and sweet tea. <laughs> And, uh, Can you go into more detail? Where, where did you source this bourbon from? You source the bourbon from locally sourced, <laughs> lo- locally sourced whiskey. So, without getting into too many details, can you can you briefly explain to the audience um, why you were late for our shuttle the other day when you were supposed to be <laughs> running? It? So, yeah, you sometimes is it, the best thing about fishing in the state of Tennessee is that there's a lot of distilleries. Some of them may or may not happen to be on your route when you're running a shuttle on the river. So, you know, it's 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. or whatever time it is. So 645. 7.45. So we just bebop straight on into the uh, distillery there while we're running our shuttle. You stop in. Maybe you taste test some of their stuff. Maybe you check and make sure, you know, quality control. Kind of, you know, making yeah. sure they're doing their to, doing I, the Lord's work in there. Question. Yes. How, how many taste tests did you have? Just be honest with the crowd here, because you said a few earlier, and well, y- you were gone for thirty-five minutes on a ten-minute shuttle. I mean, you should thoroughly taste test all of the products that they have. Was it just you? No, it was me and Jared. Oh. So, I mean, me and Jared were running the shuttle. Well, at least at least let us know the results of your taste testing if you're going to spend that much time on it. Well, I mean, I did. And then, and then you know, you you buy the whiskey that you taste test because that's the point of the taste test. So then you buy a couple bottles of whiskey and you show back up and you're ready to fish. I mean, I wasn't upset at the end result of it. I was just I mean, upset you're not- because I was kind of cold and I had to bring out a jacket in the middle of May. <laughs> well, <laughs> yo, that's, so not a, you that's not exactly my fault. At 70 <laughs> degrees in the middle of May. <laughs> Scotty, I... I mean, I think you should slice in a little edit from last year of about a week and a half before we started this series this year when it's 9 a.m. and we're showing up at the river and it's 95 degrees outside and yeah. 200% humidity. We've got awful. a little bit cooler weather. You could see gills de- developing on me at one point. It was that humid <laughs> last year. When people are upset about you holding fish out of the water in the south, sometimes I feel like the fish could breathe better out of the water than they could in the water because <laughs> of how story. humid it is. It's so humid. Gill, gills work just as well in the south in the south with the humidity out of the water versus in the water it's the same thing for them but if you yeah, haven't so, experienced it you'd need to well 
Except for this but, year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What an intro. Well, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to keep this on track. We're gonna have some tangents. The beast for contained. Sure. Welcome back what to is another on podcast, track? everybody. We um, got the whole crew here. We're down in Alabama. The first down. one. The first one, dude. Yeah, we've had. Uh, oh, we haven't had a short bus one, have we? We haven't had one with everybody. I thought we had. Brian yet. and oh, I have done not two. With the crew. Yeah. Adam and I have done a couple. We've, and we've yeah, we've done. Them, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there we are. Squad up. So we're down here shooting a little uh, smallmouth series that you guys will see very soon, and yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. It's been it's been good. Fishing's been pretty solid. I mean, you know, our expectations are always gonna be higher than what actually happens, but it's been good. Um, so part of the podcast tonight is we we really want to talk about like smallmouth fishing. Um, there's a lot there's a lot we want to dive into about it, kind of where to target them, how to find them. And uh, especially for those people who maybe haven't quite targeted them, just understand like why there's such an attractive fish to, to target um, and why can, you know we've all kind of gravitated towards that. Uh, we also have a Q&A section at the end. I, I got some questions from you guys on Instagram. We love hearing, uh, hearing what you guys want, want us to ramble on about. So that'll be coming later. But we're going we're gonna to try to stay in some sort of line of – we're going to try to stay on topic for the most part, but it's – you say that but we'll revisit that point in four hours yeah yeah (laughs) exactly but yeah it should be fun so um let's talk about what's been going on with the fishing around here what's been happening last couple days (laughs) (laughs) as as steve alluded to a second ago it (laughs) it i'm sorry the weather here has been very different than it was the past couple years where it has been a lot milder, cooler for the majority of this month, which normally by the middle of May, it's 100 degrees outside, nearly 100 (laughs) degrees outside, pretty consistent. And uh, it just hasn't happened this year. So it's kind of messed the fishing up a little bit, at least for what we're used to. The spring conditions are continuing a lot further into the year than they normally do. At least around here, spring's done. I mean, what April? Yeah, I but mean, like, something mi- yeah. early April, mid mid April is usually when I switch over from fishing those tailwaters for trout to start targeting smallmouth as they come out of spawn. You fish for trout? You don't fish? Oh, yeah, I, fish. <laughs> I, I forgot. I don't fish. I've never fished in my life. So, um, hey kids, show today. Um, so I know as as a child growing up, everybody wants to be an adult, get that big boy job, and you know, go on with your life. Uh, don't do that. All right, <laughs> okay. trust me. Okay. <laughs> Some mom just cut off this podcast <laughs> in their Tahoe or in their Escalade, driving their kids around. Some, Uh-oh, some suburban going somewhere to school. Next, podcast off. taking it, taking them through the car line. Sorry, I, lo- I lost a few views for you there. A few listens for you, Scotty. My bad. But so the, you need to give the people what they need to need to hear. Hey, man, I just spit the truth. It's not my fault if the uh, FCC cuts me off. Well, the Wildfly Podcast is a podcast you need, not the podcast you deserve. Or is Free it the story. other way around? I don't know. It's 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 it, yeah. It's the, the podcast you need, not the one you deserve. Is the one you deserve and not the one you? One second. We have a Batman <laughs> slash Dark Knight expert over here. Uh, <laughs> Wade, can you please weigh in on the quote from the Dark? Or it's it's the Dark Knight Rises, correct? With Harvey Dent, and it's not the hero you need. It's the one you deserve. How's that quote? Dark Knight Rises is with Bane. I know. It's just the Dark Knight, and it's the one you deserve, not the one you. 
Yes, that sounds right. It okay. Sounded, okay. It sounded right in your head. It did. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it, everything sounds right in my head. <laughs> All right, so, so and, <laughs> let me one second here. So uh, really? before we get too far here, uh, quick side introduction here. Thank you for our support cast here at Fish and or Cats. Support crew. Doing a wonderful job over there helping us out. He, doing a wonderful job over there helping us out and, uh, you know, just really being there to help us out with product picks as well as the random Batman trivia that we send his way. So I appreciate that, man. Shoot. And always a pleasure. Thank you very much. There you go. Shoot. Heart. So heart, saying, heart emoji. So we're saying. Fishing around here. Yeah, sorry. Fishing, fishing around here. Holy cow. Fishing to Batman. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That> first aggression. <laughs> so the, the fishing has been a, a little tough. Uh, for the past couple of days, um, generally by this time we're really targeting smallmouth in shallower water. They are pushing up into so what we just call it. They're kind of their summer holding patterns for around here. Shallower water structure cover, and then if you can find all three of those things, kind of put to, or shallower water. I guess maybe I more should say like a a rift or a run or you know kind of some current, some faster moving water. So. Uh, you find all three of those things together, you should find a smallmouth. Well, that's not happening right now. They are not holding in the shallower water. So we're really trying to target these fish in deeper water, which, I mean, obviously we do, We, but it's, a, it's not really characteristic for this time of year, and it's definitely not what we plan to do in this uh, on this trip. Yeah, I mean, we moved it up like a month from the trip last year because we wanted to right. try to get that a little bit like hotter bite. Um, Cause last year was kind of like at the end I'd say, or it was just getting a little too hot. It was getting a little too hot. Yeah. So but we tried to move like it up and that actually kind of messed us up a little this year, which is strange. This is the mildest spring that I could ever remember. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. As long as I'm in fishing. Yeah. I've, I've never had it like this. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen smallmouth not sitting in summer patterns towards the end of May. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we, we were yeah. hitting all, all the typical patterns that are supposed to be on off the islands and right. riffles, off the shoulders, in the runs, and just, you know, nothing. Everything that we came off. I mean, we had a couple come in the runs, but they were just Few. deep runs. Few like and far between. Deep, deep runs. But I will say it was reassuring because we were on – I feel like we're on the tail end of that pattern because yeah. as we saw on, what was that, day, day two, correct? Two. Uh, when we had the triple up, um, which was amazing. I mean, I only, I've only used only fish with another person, so double ups are typical standard for this time of year for when they get hot and spicy like that. But I mean, they start wolf packing on those flies, and you'll get three, four, five of these smallmouth that come out that are all about the same size. And you know, that was extremely exciting to see. And, and to so see that actually eat exactly yep. and come up and just crush it. So you know, we're not there yet, but we're getting there which I'm excited to see. I know, you know, at least two of you guys will be gone here by the end of the week. But for us residents here, that's a that's a good sign for us because, you know, the next couple of weeks is about to get really juicy. These are new residents. Yes, which, which means that uh, my family and friends aren't, aren't going to see me for the next month or two. Yes, sir. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You're going to be fishing with me. You're goddamn right. Yes. That That's not a choice, B. Every time I've, like, checked in on you guys, I haven't been here for, like, the past three... <laughs> Three probably days, three days yeah. since yeah. the start i was there on day one monday tuesday wednesday but yeah. since i've yeah. checked it i mean you said the fishing is kind of eh. it was but like it was better than our fishing trip in missouri 
And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but like no comment. Going anywhere would be better. Like not fishing yeah. would have not. That's not actually true. The, I mean, you've uh, caught a lot of fish. Well, it's di- yeah, every day. It's different for like someone like you who's been doing yeah, this for twenty yeah. years, who like has these really high expectations. It, where it, like I'm coming into the situation, right? I don't get a smallmouth fish a bunch, and I'm I catch three or four solid fish in a day. I'm like stoked. I'm gonna. I am gonna legitimately feel really bad when I this podcast comes out and someone watches this podcast and then they watch the film and they're like, "Oh man, they like, did really you, good." Dude. <laughs> like, "Oh fuck you guys, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do very well." Like you editing. got a shitload of fish. It's a couple big ones. I'm not like, saying but, it's killer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but like y'all have like, I mean, y'all have caught fish in the 16 to 18 inch range. Yeah, every day, and. The Can't really. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that is true. And I think it's one of those things that we just need to sometimes just take a step back and just look at the bigger picture when we're on these fishing trips here, because, you know, as, as we were talking about some of the other degeneracy that we have as far as developing new patterns and new techniques is that over the past 20 something years that we've been doing this, you know, we've incrementally, you know, increased what we've done. And, you know, as far as, you know, techniques and flies and patterns and fish and our trips and all that stuff, it just continues to just escalate to, higher and higher standards that we think just the new normal for us whereas you know for other people looking at it like oh that's a great time and we're sitting here like that that was the worst fucking trip of my fucking life (laughs) you know scotty's in here and and you know i'm sitting here like you know i think we had a discussion yesterday we're on the water and we're trying to figure out what our plan is for today we're gonna go back and hit one of these other rivers and you know try to get some more fish content are we gonna call it you know half day and try to get some good good content like this get our podcast in and you know my you know you guys asked me and my only comment to to Scotty was like, hey, man, did you get enough content? Do you think you got enough fish content for it? Because in my mind, I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah, we got, we got a couple 20s that first, you know, a couple 20s, that's about it. You know, we've got some fish here. we got some fish there. But overall, like, you know, this time of year, you know, we're usually crushing fish. You know, we're hitting, you know, yeah. half a dozen 20s throughout the day, you know, and it's just fish after fish after fish. So um, it's all relative. Exactly. You know, and, and it's yeah. it's important to, th- you know, think like that and look back and take that into perspective. It, and definitely thinking back, like, I mean, I can I can at least still remember when I would just be, I mean, I'm still excited when I catch a 20 plus in a oh, smallmouth, yeah. but I can still remember like the first time I caught a smallmouth over 20 and I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like, I've been working my whole life through this. And now if I go fishing, I was like, nah. <laughs> well, you're such and a beast. I don't want people to get hold up on, you know, I got to catch this two by four here. I got to get this fish over 20 inches. I got to sure. get this five pounder, you know, and I know that's one thing we've talked about earlier, but, you know, that's one of the allures to smallmouth fishing is that it's not necessarily the length or the weight, you know, or the, you know, how well, you know, pretty they look. You know, it's about the fight these fish give us, you know. I, there's nothing more addicting to me than feeling that pop, 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 knowing I have a fish on the line and setting the hook and think I've hooked into a fucking tree. And the yeah. next thing I know, that tree takes off downriver. Yeah. That right there, that that tug right there, Yeah. I, I have yet to find a freshwater fish that's not in Canada that gives me a hit like that. <laughs> the I think the it's cool like, thing with smallmouth. It's like crack, but in a fish form. <laughs> quote Adam, not me. <laughs> I think the cool thing with smallmouth that I like is that you throw big flies. Well you, <laughs> you may catch a 20-plus inch fish, but you could also just as easily catch maybe like an 8-inch fish on that same streamer. Yeah. It's like they eat the same stuff. It does. It's not like – I mean, I, I, in no way – this is probably a bad example, but like you, know, you hear like streamer fishing you, for trout, you might catch bigger fish than if you're just throwing nymphs or dries or something, right? Well, but you still can definitely catch a big fish on a streamer or, or uh, 
a small fish on a, like a trout streamer or something. But yo, know, you really kind of targeting bigger fish or like if you're nymphing, it might be you might kind of be catching smaller fish throughout the day versus if you were say throwing a streamer. But for smallmouth, like it's kind of that like allure of like the next fish like. It could be eight inches. It could be twenty inches, which I think is really cool. I guess it just kind of shows like the type of like predatory triggers that they have. Oh being, yeah, being um, a small fish, even and hitting a streamer that's six inches long. Yeah, like you'll the fish is almost, some fish that eat it are almost that big. Yeah, you're like what are you doing? Small. You're like, oh, I have a hundred percent caught smallmouth, yeah. small in the stream round throwing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they just they just they well, see it. They're opportunistic <laughs> and they're aggressive and they're like. Oh, that's, that fish is injured? I'm eating it. I'm going to eat that. That's mine. That's dinner. My favorite part about it is, like, I I like smallmouth a lot. They're probably my my favorite. Either that or, like, redfish are probably my favorite fish to fish for uh, on the fly. I just like smallmouth, especially, like, I've fished for smallmouth in a lot of places in the U.S., and I really like these rivers down here in, like, North Alabama and... Middle Tennessee, East Tennessee, um, it's they're just gin clear rivers, usually spring fed, and I just I like the location that a lot of these fish live in, and I love it like when they get in the, the summer summer patterns when they're sitting up in the runs, and you just it's so visual. It's kind of like red fishing mm-hmm. because it's one reason I love red fishing because it's so visual, and like smallmouth too, like. A lot of times the, your streamer's not that far under the surface and you're in these clear rivers and it's just like you're watching it, watching it, and then boom, all of a yeah. sudden. And even if you don't see the fish, a lot of times you're like stripping, like especially if you're using like a white fly, stripping that fly and then all of a sudden your fly disappears. You're like, yeah. where did my fly go? And then you strip yeah. again. Hold up. Oh, hold up. <laughs> oh, took my ride. <laughs> and then also like not as much down here but like some places in tennessee when a, when these smallmouth will go straight for a rapid and yes. take you on down river with them that is fun yes gosh that's so fun yeah so yeah, do you just like jump in the water and float down after them how, how does that work some places when you you're not to, in a boat i mean some places i'm, I'm never to. not in a boat that's that's why i'm asking because <laughs> well, i'm kind of confused how that works <laughs> i'm almost I mean, never i've done it before I'm I'm genuinely surprised though in just fly fishing in general, like just in the industry, I guess that people don't target them as much. And there's so even myself not really getting into smallmouth fishing until like last year. Like it's it's it blows my mind that I don't know. There's I feel like there's this weird thing in just maybe it's a misconception or like a weird just thing in the industry. It's like trout are obviously the biggest thing that we think about. That's kind of how it started, which makes sense, but. Like smallmouth are so badass. They pull so hard. Easily, oh, yeah. I would say the hardest fighting freshwater fish per pound. At le- you know, maybe a golden dorado can compete, but peacock bass, peacock bass. At least like in the U.S., that's native. Yeah, but not like, some invasive thing in Florida or mm-hmm. South America. But I guess the question with that. being like, why? Why do you guys think it's like not as big as? It may be because they didn't do a Brad Pitt movie with small smallmouth. Oh, that's that's honestly, honestly, he's not too far from the truth there. You know, it's just one of these things that it's a traditionalist perspective, a purist perspective, and nothing wrong with that. Um, not bashing on that at all. Uh, good man, if you know what I mean. Good man. He's a good but, man. <laughs> good man. 
Uh, but it's just one of these things that we, uh, we've dealt with in a past life, uh, working a fly shop is that, you know, everybody comes in with a stigma that when you're, when you're fly fishing, you fly fish for trout. And, you know, that was the, the biggest question I get people come in that they know they, they'd come in and, you know, we'd be shooting the shit with them and they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. Where y'all fly fish. And I was like, you know, yeah, you know, you know, Flint, you know, other rivers. Yeah. Yeah. Other rivers. I kind of blanked there because I was like, I don't want to. You know, talk about rivers. Not like you, know, you can't open a map, and well, actually, some of them you can't find on a map. But that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> you know, they come in here and ask me about that, and be like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, where are you fishing around here?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah," and you just no. rattle off these rivers here, and like, there's, there's trout in there. I'm like, no, there, there's, there's bass, there's largemouth, smallmouth, spotted, rock, hybrid. We got carp, we got gar, we got crappie, we got brim. All those you can you, catfish. I've caught more catfish on a clouser minnow than I've caught bass on a clouser minnow. I also don't <laughs> fish a clouser that often. Bob would be proud. Yeah, Bob might. Bob, 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 Bob would be you. proud of that Bob, one. Uh, we'll meet you on the gravel bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll see you. I'll see you <laughs> the, on the gravel bar. No, I think it was so. It was always so funny when you're like, "Oh, where do you fly fish around here?" Literally anywhere that you cast a spinning reel. Literally, like, wh- the, like why is it any different? The pond at the mall that we worked at, I would fly fish on my lunch break. If you don't believe me, check out my Instagram. I'm wearing a pink polo with my name tag holding a bass. Security was not happy about that. I, 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 had, to, I had to leave quickly after that one. Customer took that picture. How was your interview there? Which interview? Oh, you want to know how my interview went? Oh, to get hired? Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that was pretty easy. I'll, I'll tell you how the interview went. Um, so I was a uh, stock clerk at the time at a local uh grocery store called Publix. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. Um, apparently they like me because I'm a very nice person and they look for politeness. That I, sounds I, I don't know. I, they, they're fucking crazy. Anywho, uh, so I'm on my, I'm on my, my, not even a lunch break. I was just taking a random 10 minute break to crush some donuts from the deli, a deli, bakery, whatever. And I get a call from uh, my buddy Adam, um, who is now my business partner. Oh, We've been friends for forever. You had a shoe in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He gives me a call and he's like, hey man, you want a job? And I'm just like, I have a job. And he's like, you want a better job? And I was like, I'm listening. No. And, and he just like, he just starts telling me, he's like, yeah, we're opening up a store up there. I'll be the fishing manager up there and need some associates. So I'm like, well, can I work this job and that job? Because I'm on scholarship with this job. And he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't care. I don't care yeah. He's do. like, I don't care. I just need people that know how to fish to work here. I was like, yep, I'm in. Sold. And that's how the job interview went. <laughs> they called me. Okay, I didn't call that them. was less exhilarating than I thought. I thought it was. Yeah, I don't know. I can't it, picture. It, it could have been a fantastic story, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't picture him in an interview. I just. I'm know. a great interviewer. I'll you, sit there. You probably are. You, probably are. you oh, can talk. Oh, I'll sit there. I will talk them until they don't even know what they're listening to. <laughs> that's, Honestly, how feel, that's how I feel when I'm editing. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how I got my current job that I have with Northrop Grumman. Is I just sat there and just talked to the because I was getting three people to interview I me. Mean, I just think I just sat there and talked for two hours Good until man. they were tired. Like, Good man. Yeah, I just hire this guy. Yeah, just hire him. We, we're tired of listening to him. <laughs> He's going all right, on. All right, we're done. We're done. <laughs> but anyways, what, what so we yeah. Well, so we but we often heard stigmas, or I I don't exactly know what you would yeah, ca- call it. But yeah, a stigma, a of, social stigma. Yeah, of you fly fish for trout, and it it obviously we grew up in a part of the world where bass fishing, conventional bass fishing, is huge. And it always kind of baffled me, like, it's, I mean, the people of the internet might be upset, but it's no different, it's just a different way of fishing. It's There's really nothing different between casting a bait caster and a fly rod. It's, the, it's just a different form of fishing. Yes, yeah, Scotty. 
Scotty. Why drive are you at me? <laughs> He's calling you we'll out. We'll revisit this conversation in three years when we go back to my new invention. <laughs> continue. Okay. okay. To, to Anyways, continue. keep going. Um, but it, you know, we we would get a lot of pe- of uh, stigmas, I guess, just thinking that you only fly fish for trout. And I don't know if it's because they saw a river runs through it, and that's just that's the only thing you can fly fish for now. Yeah, like it doesn't really make sense to me why why that's such a stigma, and I, I don't really know how it how it started, but it's definitely perpetuated. Yeah, but they're wrong. Yeah, they're <laughs> wrong. I mean, we all love trout fishing. Like it's so, and there's always like a time and place for it, but it's just like a different no. tech. Mm, <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> I mean I knew it. It's like, <laughs> but it's like a different technique when you're fishing for smallies like you're not going to go out and just throw an elk hair caddis like there's no. there, it's it's situational and like a lot of these you're tra- you're you're trying to target a predatory fish like a smallmouth yeah. so you're going to be using wounded bait fish or something like that you know what i mean i will say that being a big fan of smallmouth fishing has probably made me a worse trout fisherman <laughs> obviously and just like situational fisherman because like I'm not really trying to match the hatch or anything like that. Yeah, I, I don't with, match hatches. When anyone like, ever asks me about the, like oh like something about matching, I was like, yeah, I don't do that. I'll match the bait fish hatch. If you got if <laughs> yeah. you got shad, I'll match it. If you got gulpin, I'll match it. If you got crawfish, I'll match it. I'll match crawfish. <laughs> but like to, to your point, B, I feel like smallmouth fishing made me at least a better brown trout fisherman. And that's a weird thing to say, well, but like. For, with a streamer. Oh, oh yeah, with a streamer. <laughs> there, wait, there's other types of fly fishing. Hold up. <laughs> wait, you don't dry fly. You don't not throw streamers for trout. <laughs> no, I, I, but 100. percent I think you're right. I'm I'm not as I'm really legitimately a pretty bad at nymphing and dries. Oh god, yeah. Because I spend so much more time streamer fishing, but mostly it's because of smallmouth. Yeah. Which I mean, I can streamer fish for trout well because it's the same thing. Yeah. You're just targeting a predatory fish with a bait fish pattern. I'd rather streamer fish like any day, but I went up with Scotty in um, East Tennessee, North Carolina, and we were, you know, we had to put on some nymphs and some indicators and stuff like that. <gasps> we and got to put on some nymphs. It was just like... <laughs> I'll see you on the gravel bar. It was just like one of those things where it was like, dang, I hadn't done this in three years. Yeah. <laughs> Living in Texas, there's no nymphs to throw. Right. Well, well, yeah, but it's also like, shoot, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, and like, you know, when I when I think about fishing now, it's not fishing with a dry fly, fishing with a, a no. nymph or anything. It's like, you know, I'm with with the guys in a raft, going down river, you know, throwing some throwing some streamers throwing some, and, throwing a a somewhere. Somewhere. and a short bus maybe somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> when I when I think of it's it was funny like when I first started fly fishing, I was like. You know, I would, I don't know if y'all ever dream of fly fishing. I would dream of it. Like, I still do a lot, but my dreams have changed. Like, like when I first started, it was all like dry fly, like up in the mountains somewhere. Like, I still like that. But like now, like if I, seriously, if I, if I dream about it, I, I think about like, like a small mouth or like, I know that sounds kind of funny, but like a small mouth and a clear stream and well, me just throwing a big old streamer. So how? So a lot of the same stigma. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the same people. <laughs> yeah, that dream too. <laughs> I I'm, I can't go into detail about that dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just smallmouth in there. There's there's smallmouth there. <laughs> what else is in there? <laughs> All right, let's let's keep Don't it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so let's, 
Let's keep that moving along. <laughs> so, but a lot of those people that I've talked to that that. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of those people that I've talked to that think that you have to fly fish for trout have have heard of saltwater fly fishing. So how did bass get skipped between okay, you can go catch tarpon on a fly rod. I've I've heard of that or I've seen that. Or you can catch trout. Because so, Yeti Yeti hasn't featured a film on smallmouth, and if you say yes, the Devil's have. River, the, the, I will fight you on the gravel bar because that's not about smallmouth. Okay, I'll take. All you. Right. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. fine. You're right. So but, gravel bar. Hey, yeah, <laughs> so we'll I'll see the, the gravel, gravel bar. But it, it's it's pretty interesting that you that people you'll be like, well, you could fly fish for. Have you you know you've heard of people fly fishing for bonefish? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, they only eat flies though. It just flies. <laughs> <laughs> A black fly. If you throw, <laughs> <laughs> fruit fly, yeah, like just house flies. That's all it is. Shadow cast a house fly. That's, that's all I'm slinging. Is big old horse flies at them. <laughs> <laughs> that's the furthest thing from the truth, and you know it. <laughs> but is that, but I don't understand how the stigma somehow went from trout and bonefish, but you totally bebopped past the a lot of warm water species. You could just exclude largemouth out of there. I don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> would, would you would you make the argument that you know that classic the Drake magazine picture where trout don't live in beautiful or trout live in beautiful places or whatever you know how that goes? Would you would you make that argument that you know people don't think that smallmouth live in beautiful places? Not that they don't because we've seen that by far every single time we're out there filming. But would you? with that argument because I feel like a lot of people look at oh that's a smallmouth stream just driving over on the interstate looking to see this little fucking shitty stream right, going yeah. through a farmer's field and they're like eh that's terrible but when you actually get on the water you get out there you start experiencing you're like holy shit this is one of the most beautiful streams I've ever been in my life I would agree with trout live in beautiful places more than smallmouth live in beautiful places I have fly fished for smallmouth in very pretty places and trout also live in ugly places too well i I think smallmouth may be more resilient we said we weren't going to talk about the sipsy for okay we're not going to talk about i'm sorry (laughs) i well to your no to your your point though like i had this the the idea that like oh like trout are always in like the pretty streams like upstream but then when you go down and it starts getting flatter it's like not as pretty it's like just you know more like flat ground you're not really in the mountains but like since we've started fishing together and started doing smallmouth I seriously have fished in some of the like prettiest streams I've ever fished in, and just seeing like that teal aqua blue water, and especially when it like drops, you go from like riffle to a drop, and you, it like it looks like Canada. Like, oh yeah, it looks the same. Like, you guys were saying that when we were in Canada, you're like, this looks so much like smallmouth fishing back home. Yeah, you're and bullshit. I was like, Alabama, like there's no way Canada, way up in BC, looks like like uh, you know Alabama. But I was so wrong. Like some of the places have been incredible, and so I think that's. A huge thing is you you look at it like from afar and you see the, like the tree line and it's like kind of flat going through a farmer field but when you actually like float down it you're like oh my gosh and yeah. you can see in some of our videos like how incredible some of the it's scenery awesome. is well and that's and that's actually you covered two of my points there that kind of encompassed my last point there is the fact that you know one is that you know i think it's this rise of social media that kind of helped expand that stigma from just being trout only for fly fishing to going to 
at least salt water. That's how, you know, in my mind, at least partially the reason that we skip smallmouth and other warm water species is because, you know, again, you know, everybody's looking for that grand pick. They're looking for that Christmas island holding up a fat GT kind of deal. So that's why I feel like saltwater gets more attention than, than smallmouth, even though smallmouth fishing is a lot more readily available to the average person here. And then a second point, you know, you kind of mentioned there is that, you know, while we're out here fishing, and I love these rivers around here, you know, until you started working with us as well and you got here with these drones, you know, I love these rivers and I think they're fucking beautiful floating them. But you started putting those drones up, and we started seeing that that bird's eye view of it, and it gave me a whole new perspective of the rivers I was fishing, and gave me a whole new love for them. That's true. I've never seen any of these any of the rivers that I've been fishing since I was you know eight. I've never seen them <laughs> from a story. drone. Yeah, <laughs> like I love watching the drone footage. Oh, like, holy I, cow! That, I'd, like, I'd watch that for hours. That's why yeah, they keep I'm me like, around? Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why we keep you. Around. Okay, Manny. <laughs> okay, Manny. <laughs> Go Panda. <laughs> okay, Panda. <laughs> The, I love that video. I mean the the new I mean the new the drone footage that we're I'm seeing is like that looks like that's like, AI. I feel like that's that's <laughs> AI. That's AI. It, what that that's the that's CGI. Is that's, that that is. deep fake shit. Yeah, that's, that's like that's it, the new update. Uh, that's yeah. the new update in the patch. Yeah, last week's patch. <laughs> but when they, I I really feel like you could just go to some someone uh, totally out of context and pull some picture off like the Amazon rainforest if you can find like a clear river in the Amazon. In a in one of our rivers, be like, where's this at? And where's this at? And be like, oh, I don't know. That's probably the same thing, but in Brazil or something. <laughs> in, the, in the Amazon. Well, Amazon is in Brazil. <laughs> Brian's been in the Amazon. He could attest. There's some clear but, rivers down there. Yeah, exactly. But, anyways, uh, I, I feel like yeah, seeing the seeing some of the drone footage and like how cool these rivers are, and maybe part of the difference too is like you've got to have. Maybe like lower down on a lot of rivers is is probably more suburban, versus mm-hmm. upper in the hills maybe more rural like hills have eyes situations. Up in yeah. the up kind of higher up is just you know just kind of turns out to be more rural. Well, I guess that that kind of leads to like one of the things. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant observation. That was brilliant. Yeah, but one of the things we want to talk about is I think Next. I think it'd be it'd be good to talk about like where and like. How can people like? How do you find smallmouth, and where are you looking typically? You know, especially in the rivers. Like, I, like I think, think about someone who maybe hasn't <laughs> done it. <laughs> this is all you know. So, okay. well, if you watch this series, you probably should listen to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. Because we, I mean, we've been talking a lot about like how smallmouth are in like the the lower parts right. of of like a stream, but typically, like you know, what are the what are the things that we're, you're looking for for a, uh, a pristine like smallmouth stream. Oh God! How long do you have? Or oh, let's let's just talk go. about just in general like some of the, the key things. We Adam, I'll let you about. current tee off on this one. I I no. say a Are little bit be- of current, and then I look for those big old like slab rocks that are like, you know, like the bluffs. No, like no, uh, what, like, like chunk rock that's mm-hmm. like all on on the bank, but like also up underneath so the water. maybe first off you should google a map of where smallmouth live like a like well yeah a zone of like smallmouth region there was something usa right and be like okay great here's this line are you in that line of where smallmouth would live mm-hmm. because we are right at the southern edge of this line like much south of where we are currently sitting Smallmouth do not exist. Like, smallmouth do not live south of here. 
but they own they live north of here right so maybe the first thing is to make sure that you are looking in that that the rivers that you're searching for are in that zone of where they actually live that's probably a good place to start Maybe we should start there. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's start there. I can't go wrong that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of rivers that have current. <laughs> I was like, I haven't just seen. Have any, I haven't, just to throw that out. I haven't seen a lot of small within the Madison. There's quite a bit of current there, B. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, but something uh, like like we've talked about like big lakes that like are typically right. like famous and known for smallmouth, especially in the whole Tennessee region in North Carolina. Like, there's these huge lakes with tributaries. And those are typically where we're, we're targeting it, fish. I, I would say it's no. so it's so riddle. <laughs> there's so much readily available information to you from the conventional gear fishermen about bass fishing. Oh god! Yeah. And they love they, to brag about. They it. publicize it. You brag about it. It's not like fly fishing. That like these people, uh, you know, you call spot burning or whatever in the world. I mean, these people will tell you, "I'm fishing at blank area, and I, here's a picture of a smallmouth that I caught." And for some reason, they will always tell you what size tip, what size line they were using, Thank what you, pound test I was about line to chime in on that. they were <laughs> using. But you know, there's so much readily available information from any sort. Like, don't restrict yourself to a fly shop. Just because yeah. you throw a fly rod, you're not any different. You're just fishing. Go in a bait shop and ask about smallmouth fishing if you're interested in trying to target smallmouth. Go in, you know, so, something that maybe maybe you don't have a fly shop in your area, but you may you probably have some type of tackle bait shop, whatever. Go ask those guys where they're going. They're probably willing to tell you. Mm-hmm. But or or hop online and look up your your state likely has some sort of Department of Natural Resources website where you can find likely a massive amount of information on that local area, public access, you know, maps even, uh region maps with, you know, highlighted areas of where you should fish for smallmouth at. Um I mean, there's there's so much information out there that maybe doesn't have to do specifically with fly fishing in your area. But if you can find an area that has smallmouth in it from any sort of information, then you can really start expanding your search to, okay, where can I target these with a fly rod? Yeah, the state sites like, are often like a good place to start. Oh, always. Like Because they're like, oh, here's a natural area or here's like a... You know, like a cool place to that you, maybe you can go hike or fish or kayak. You know, like kayaking. Um, if you find places to kayak that have some current, yeah, like that's usually a good place to fish because it has some current. Mm-hmm. Like, and and you know it's accessible, especially yeah. if there's like a kayak or canoe rental place near you. Oh yeah, then they likely are. It could be a good smallmouth area. Because you can tell the streams that are like when you go over them and they're just flat. It's almost like a lake and they're just brown. Typically, we're not like going to that. It's like if it's got some current, it doesn't have to be a ton. Like there's definitely flat stretches. Yeah. But if you've got those little bit of bends and you got a little riffle going into a deep run and then to the next, like that's typically where we've been finding them. So I would back up on that just a little bit there, um, and just I want people to be aware that you know just looking as you're driving over river is not a good indication of that. I mean, just yeah. looking at the rivers oh, in the yeah. southeast. You know, most of the bridges that we have are at pre-existing locations, so where it's generally flat and calm there, and easy to put the bridge up there. So you know, it's very, very important to definitely get up on, uh, you know, Google Maps, Google Earth. We have uh, actually Adam and I were just discussing this past week that for some reason, you know, Apple Apple Maps 
will not get you to where you're looking to go to. But at the same time, if you want a satellite view of something, more times than not of the rivers, they're more accurate. They're more up to date. You don't have these flooded wintertime uh, maps on there. You, you have actual like live Im- satellite imagery. And I think our most recent scouting that we were doing, he just screen shared his Apple maps to me. Uh, so, you know, getting on there and checking those out for what you were just saying there, Scotty, looking for bins, looking for shoals, looking for current, looking for bluffs, looking for all that good water that you want to find, you know, a predatory fish in, you know, jumping on there would be my first step. And then finding a buddy that's willing to help you drag your raft or kayak over a log down <laughs> over a river with some beer is the second step for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you, we did that. You, <laughs> yeah, definitely we, know that a bunch this year. I don't know how many rivers that I've ever floated that I was like, yeah, it wasn't any good. I'm not going back. But you'd never know. I mean, there's been plenty of rivers that we fish. I mean, I know specifically with you guys that we were like, oh, shit, this is it. I mean, this is incredible. But there's also been plenty of rivers that we've floated, been like, never coming back here. This yeah. was, this wasn't it. Yeah. So, I mean, just spend, you got to put the time and effort in, but. Just get out there and don't be afraid to fail. Like, if you don't, if you don't catch anything, like, gosh, I went for like three weeks there and didn't catch a fish. Like, I can't tell you how many. Three or four weeks. How much time I've spent sitting on my computer at on the satellite you know apple maps google maps whatever satellite view. Oh, we all do it we yeah. all do it i know yeah. i i'll call you and be like hey what are you yeah. doing it's like yeah. oh, have you I'll seen just... this creek yeah. <laughs> yeah. hey have you ever heard no. of this no seriously Dude, look at this yeah. I have. Send, send a pin yeah look at this this Y'all person kayaking this? down this creek right here <laughs> so, but i mean i've spent so many days on the water just looking at looking at a creek trying to find a put in and take out that maybe pans out or doesn't like it it's not something that you just show up and do i mean Mm -hmm. it i mean i'm not saying that we're the best at any of this stuff but we fail still fail quite a bit at trying to find new new spots (laughs) very very frequently oh yeah i mean frequently like we're we're not the best we're we're pretty close on the bottom of the totem pole (laughs) but but we know like (laughs) We do our research, yeah, though, so it makes up. up. That's yeah. the difference. Well, I think it's also managing, like, again, managing your expectations. And, like, going into a stream, like, you can't, like, you want everything to be laid out for you, right? You want to call the fly shop. Hey, I want to I come fish this week. I've got one day. And I understand people can't just fish all the time. I get that. But at the same time, you know, you got to have those days. Like, you can't trust everything a fly shop says. Like, it's not like they know every single thing they're going to give you a lot of valuable information i mean steve worked at a fly shop yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but there's there's a certain point I mean, when you got to just I go gave check out it out information than anybody else you're and not i wrong. tied them flies for free. there you go you're and, not wrong. and they'll lead you astray sometimes just yeah be like, yeah just because they're, they're not going to give you the juice yeah oh i wouldn't tell anybody that's the, the key juice. if any like anyone's listening and you're not going to find the juice from a fly shop it's just you're going to have to find yourself but it's when you do find those streams you go through a lot of streams that don't work and uh, but when you find it, you're like, oh wow! And you start putting the pieces together. That's what I love about. That's what's so addicting. It's like you have so many streams you fish, and there's so many different runs. You're like, oh, you know, didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. But then there's like one thing that clicks, and it's like a breakthrough moment. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. And so then the next time you go, you have that confidence built up. Like I know what to look for, like on this next stream or whatever. And let's, let's talk about spot burning. <laughs> um, Never mind. Let's how how long do you have for this? Because I was yeah. about to go on a very long tangent that Scotty's going to have to we, get out. We don't need that. This. We don't need that in our lives. So, but I one thing I would say is, that is huge, we'll and and, and some people maybe don't have the the means to to make this happen. 
But if you are really interested in, in smallmouth fishing, I don't know where the nearest guide service for you that smallmouth fishes is. But if you really want to jumpstart your smallmouth fishing and you can't get it figured out, you can't understand what's happening, don't, I mean, don't Instagram me or Wildfly page. Call up, a, call up a fly shop and ask them if they have a guide service that does smallmouth. Call, or, or, you know, you may have to drive a couple hours maybe to find a guide. I don't know exactly how readily available smallmouth guides are. These, but, guys, the, these guys are going to put you on fish, yeah. like, 100%. Like, that's what they're getting paid for right. is to put you on. Call up a guide service and say, hey, man, do you do, you do smallmouth? Like, I want to go on a guided smallmouth fishing trip. And, you know, maybe maybe you and a buddy split the cost of it. Or maybe, you know, maybe you have to save up a little bit and figure it out, you know. But some of this stuff costs money. But And picking their brain over someone that's working in a fly shop, not saying anything about fly right. shops. I'm not saying yeah. that. But, uh, like, yeah. these guys are on the water, like, hundreds, hundreds of, of days yeah. out of the year. Yeah. And, and, B, you make a good point there. That was one of the big things when I was starting out picking up guides like that is, you know, I, I made it a point when I was talking to them is, like, hey, you know, I would like to catch fish, but more importantly, like I'm learning here. I'd, I'd like you to teach me how, how, right. how to do this. Yeah. You know, explain to me why we're doing this, you know, talk to me yeah. about the process. You know, if we don't catch fish today, I'm perfectly fine, but I would like to learn something. Today. Yeah. You it's know, not, like, it's not tie be, this yeah, fly on. It's exactly. why did we tie this fly yeah. on? Exactly. Like pick their brain for knowledge on that right. kind of thing. Yeah. Don't just be, Oh yeah. Put me on the honey hole. Yeah. Like if someone wanted to learn how to fish our area, I would say hire a guide. Oh, 100%. Uh, Drew Taylor up in Nashville. Yeah. Call amazing fly fisherman. And he really knows the smallmouth. So. Yeah. That that dude speaks smallmouth. Yeah. That's 100%. That, uh, he's, he's one of the fishiest I mean, he, guys I've ever met. I mean, he communicate with him. But I think another thing <laughs> to your point about Instagram, don't you can also change your approach. Maybe it's not so much like when you reach out to like say us or anyone else on Instagram, don't be like, "Hey, where should I go smallmouth fish?" Like maybe change up your approach. Like, hey, I'm really interested in getting into smallmouth fishing. Like, I'm just trying to figure this out. You know, like what? You know, maybe ask like certain questions about the process mm-hmm. of it that, yeah. that will help you help lead you to that answer that you'll find yourself. Like, what should I be looking for for a smallmouth stream? Or like, what sort of flies during the summer should I be fishing? I right. feel like when I get those questions, I'm way I'm going to answer most. Yeah, likely. if it's a much more specific question, yeah, I'm much more prone to respond to that because I, I can tell that they're genuinely curious. Yeah, like in Verse, learning, send me a pin. Yeah, and where did you film that? Yeah. I've like, had so many people say that, like, "Hey, where did you, uh, where did you take this picture?" Of? Yeah, well, yeah. What, like, do you mind telling me what that is? Like, no, nah, actually, I, I went through like five different streams, like you know, trying to figure out where. Yeah, actually, a good that was place. like two months of my time. Yeah, to, like research out, and so. like, and I finally found this stream, and for me to just give it up to you, right? Yeah, it's not, I'm, I don't yeah. feel like I'm being a jerk. Like, yeah, yeah. there's just a lot of work. Gosh, I could yeah, go. But, I could go on about that. But it's also because <laughs> I think I want. I think we all want people to like find that fulfillment themselves like find that right. stream that that you found it, it that, means so much more to me when i get something right i mean i know we've talked about it multiple times but like when we were in canada i didn't i mean i didn't call like the that one stream that we fished in canada that was like lights out right where you caught the big fish i mean we had we ended up spending a bunch of time there um nobody told me to go there nobody said hey y'all need to load up and oh you got to go hit this tributary but we did 
and I mean, look at what come, came out of it. Yeah. And even when I was watching you catch a fish, it was so rewarding to me knowing that like I put in the time and effort and research to look at a map, plan this all out, figure out where we're going to launch, where we're going to take out, d- get the shuttle all put together with the motorcycle, which we bought that motorcycle to shuttle right. just to do this river that I found on the internet. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, like I mean, that's, that's awesome. a long shot. It's a, it's a gamble. I mean, I called the fly shop and I was like, hey, did, does anyone r- run a shuttle service on X river? And they were like, no. <laughs> probably like, how did he find Hold out up. about that river? <laughs> I was I like, make sure we say no. I was like, all right, that's all I need to know. Buy a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> Underground, baby. Yeah. But it, like, it, I, I it mean, is kind of funny when you go into a fly shop and they're like, you, oh, you're no. like, hey, have you have you heard about X River? And they're like, oh, no. you can tell. You can there's snakes yeah, there. You can oh, always no. tell from the response. Yeah, I, yeah there's, there's snakes. Sna- there's yeah. snakes in that river. Don't go there. I mean, that was <laughs> the biggest thing for our Wyoming trip when we were up there <laughs> is like we we spent, B and I spent got months on yes. Google Earth looking like through this through the winds looking for a golden trout and we had it pu- we had it earmarked <laughs> to maybe a half dozen lakes and we're calling shops out there and our questions weren't asking oh, are there goldens where these? do I go no yeah our <laughs> questions weren't those our questions were centered around okay how do we get them to inadvertently tell us where these are so we were asking these just offbeat <laughs> absurd questions about f- places they might not fish just to see what kind of responses they gave us uh, to indicate whether there's fish there or not you're like mind bending these, flies, Essentially, these yeah. shop workers it was dude it was so funny we got there we were talking to some pete some locals we spread out a map across like the hood of a car and i, I think i'm there with steve or jake or something like that and it was so funny because we thought we knew where these golden trout were and they're in just a couple lakes on this particular side of the winds that we were on. And so I was like, basically I, we laid out the map. I was like, where, where are the goldens? And they're like, well, you know, it's here. And I had already done the research in my head <laughs> and, or, you know, I already knew where they were. And they're like, well, they're here, here, here. And like, as they were pointing out, I was like, nope, they're just cut through there. Nope, cut through there, (laughs) cut through there. And they literally, I saw the lake in the center and they were picking all these lakes around. (laughs) And I was like, what about this lake? (laughs) No, there's no goldens there. (laughs) And I was like, oh, well, I read that there was. So So. peace out. Yeah, yeah. That's weird because I just got back from fishing there and they're Yeah, close up the map. <laughs> got him. Got him, boys. We got, got him, guys. We Let's got go him. home. Well, that was before our trip. Yeah. So that that kind of like solidified our trip. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I mean, me and Steve did the research and So I mean, you can't always trust it, but I I definitely feel like you I mean, I'm sure then when you went there and you caught fish, you were like I mean, it probably felt even better than catching a fish being like, well, I was right. I, like it didn't hit me till I got I back to this. camp and I wasn't worried about bears. <laughs> the, yeah. before i even caught a golden trout the first thing i saw was a freshly nommed on golden trout uh, <laughs> and we were very, very and yeah. it was pretty much my buddy jake and i going around every bend and whoever w- wasn't up front with the rod was yelling hey bear every five seconds yeah, yeah it was very very but it did it did feel good though I was, I was just saying it felt good to prove the locals yes. wrong because we did our, our research and yeah i know the locals hate outsiders coming in Mm -hmm. but this lake was literally the only lake in this region for miles that had golden trout 
they literally picked every single yeah you should go here i think there's golden's there and like they were just bold face and so i think that's an important lesson is that you know do the research to the point that you're 99 percent sure where it is and then start hitting up yeah. people for for information on it yeah. to, to reassure that point because you know if you're starting off your research by asking the experts on it you're not going to get you're not going to get the information you need but if you go yeah. out and do the work yourself to do the research to do that information gathering and then and then seek out you know confirmation yeah. from them well, in one way or the other it'll be a lot better off the confirmation was them telling me no yeah yeah and uh, more times yeah. than not in a fight that's because you did your research yes. and you're right. confident there, like you there's know. no get rich quick schemes like they don't right. exist <clears throat> other than like maybe cryptocurrency steven can speak steven, more on that we'll, in a different podcast we'll do a different podcast on but that. um <laughs> Um, we're no, not no having problem. that one because the IRS is not involved in this conversation. <laughs> the, but so I mean, there's no that. there's no such thing as a get rich quick scheme. It doesn't matter if it's in real like not like real life, but with money or if it's fly fishing. North like Georgia? you can't just show up and be like North Georgia, North Georgia, North Georgia maybe. Okay, maybe in North Georgia. <laughs> so there's this thing called a mop fly. All right, it's okay, a normal nymph. I'm, I'm listening to it. I oh, have a thing. Is, that's it one of looks the most like normal nymphs. An automatic <laughs> corn feeder for deer, but I have pellets in it. Someone in the comments gonna be like, you. <laughs> from, from, you're gonna from, be yeah you're gonna get blown is up great what the hell dukes man? is absolutely real yeah. I, i'll okay. see them on the these are wild fish this yeah. is a wild 30 so, inch <laughs> and, and there's five of them stacked in this hole right here and and like, 50 dorsal fin done we're in that but are in be, that automatic pellet yeah. fed but yeah, we talk about north georgia or another place that you and i love because that place is real the the next thing i want to talk about is um I think this will be helpful for people, but like once you figure out maybe this, okay, this place might have smallmouth, right? So you find a stream, you you got the float set up, or maybe you're waiting, like you want to go start checking it out. Now, how do you know what to use, and like what what should you, how should you decide to pick certain flies, and what flies should you throw? What time of year are you there? Maybe just like general like rules, like what you know, like let's say let's say spring and summer. Typically, when you're fishing for smallmouth around here, can, throw, can, throw a meme if that doesn't catch can, fish, go home. Yeah, I was like, can I my, my head of R and D <laughs> over there weigh in? I don't know. Um, I feel like in spring, I mean, really all year, like a crawfish is pretty good. But like, I feel like in spring, you're going to be doing a little bit more dead drifting, like when it's still kind of cold. Yeah. Yep. Like a crawfish is already there towards the bottom, and then I've found just doing the creek missions and stuff through Tennessee uh, through my college years like the I found that the smallmouth would kind of yeah they would hit big flies but they would kind of follow they weren't as particular on size but like they would follow the size of the shad yes. throughout the year and then by like August you're using a big ass articulated streamer or maybe even September you're, you're using a big ass articulated streamer yep. and they're hitting huge things yeah. but like they kind of start small with the 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 growth of their I guess their forage, right? Which is like the same as nymphs. Like you're gonna throw midges when there's midges in the water, and you're gonna throw a stonefly when the stonefly start hatching. You know what I mean? I don't get it. If you say <laughs> if you say nymph again, right, anyways, it's not, doesn't nymph understand again, my trout language. Yeah. It's not as dramatic as that. Though. No, yeah. But right, like, I throw a f- I throw a size 14 pheasant tail every time I nymph. <laughs> what does that do? Why do they just eat that all the time? <laughs> If I wasn't supposed to catch fish on size 14 pheasant tails, they wouldn't eat them. My, right. my nymph box is only <laughs> squirmy worms. So, I mean, that's kind of my insight. And, like, I mean, topwater, obviously, like, 
like June, July, August, even even like further on past that. Like I, I've caught fish on top water in November. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. but they they have to get used to the the insects jumping in the water right. or certain things getting caught in the water. Yes. Um, like cicadas. Like you're not going to go out in February. Yeah, or even like even like April. Right. Like you don't really They're catch that yet. many. Or March or right. or May, some oh May's starting to heat up because more up. things are jumping in the water. Right, but yeah. it, d- really, what you said, like you know, people are all so big into matching the hatch on trout fishing. Matching the hatch on a smallmouth is very different, as far as what you're throwing. But it's the same thing. You just need to match what is in your river, because the hatch isn't necessarily mayflies or caddis. It's that shad or that bait fish or that shiner or those crawfish that live in your river. Matching the hatch may be as easy as, okay, well, my rivers have kind of more orange-colored crayfish versus, you know, maybe our, I mean, I know ours are kind of brown and tan mottled. Mo- mostly, olive does work. Tickle, but tickle, tickle. <laughs> tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> I mean, just like the tickle monster, TM. Coming 2022. Yeah, coming, I mean, soon. you have yeah. a good point. It's Can't like, wait. you know, you, you just need you. to get out there and, you know, turn over some rocks and explore your river a bit, you know, to your point of the match, the hatch is we were out there Monday and, you know, we had mayflies hatching off. Well, um, unless you're in the tributaries, of the Potomac up there around DC, you're not going to be finding smallmouth that are hitting dry flies. <laughs> right. uh, shout out to that article in the drake <laughs> but yeah i mean around here you know they're they're you got to be looking at what they're keen in on they're looking at crawfish in the early parts of the year when their shells are soft uh you know start once it starts heating up out here they start targeting the the shad because they're starting to get a little bit more lethargic with the warming waters here and they're starting to hit those and you know as the year goes throughout as b was saying they're starting to get bigger and bigger so you know it's adjusting your flies your colors your sizes to to match what these smallmouth are keying in on is very important. It, it maybe it's, it's just not as easy as saying, oh, there's a caddis. Okay, great. That's what I'm tying on. Right. You may have to spend spend time not fishing, looking in the river, and saying, oh, well, here's a massive you know, school of bait fish. What are those? Yeah. You remember all the bait fish that we saw? Like before we launched, yes, uh, that was uh, insane. Yeah, they're the red ones. Yeah, yeah, they yes. were red. We should have tied on something red. We never, we never really did. So yeah. we're kind of going against what we're saying right now. But well, they don't. Cooter have Brown, yeah. Cooter Brown's close enough. Cooter Brown. I mean, we. I well, mean, we the were, next. The yeah, we were. Yeah, I mean, the next day we put that on. It, it slayed. Right. Yeah. And well, took us. Yeah, a day. I know what you mean though. Like we. <laughs> That would have been a good opportunity to be like, oh, do we have a red fly? Mm-hmm. There are so many. I mean, I just know that river. There are so many big, silvery, white. You remember all the darters, the other darters that we saw? Yeah. That were different color than the red ones? Yes. And it was just the red ones that were kind of spawning up in, right. the, in the creeks. Right. But, like, I mean, me and you saw the like little brown striped ones. Uh-huh. There was, like, more silvery looking ones. Like, I feel stuff, like... Yeah. As long as you're kind of around like that darter size and, you know, it, it just looks fishy. They're that kind of preg- size preg- and color. Yeah. But, like, we we did see the bait fish, and so we're like, okay, it's probably going to be good. Like, it's it's probably. Yeah. But the, the good thing, too, about smallmouth is the bait fish, I mean, yes, the bait fish do kind of change maybe a little bit throughout the year. But it's not like you're it's not like you're out there and you're fishing, you're not having any luck, and then all of a sudden some bait fish start popping up, and you're like, <laughs> I should try that. Yeah, like it's you know you got to just be th- paying attention when you're those fishing. Those darters live there 
all year round. They don't leave. It's not like they. It's not like there's a time of year for darters. They live in those rivers, so you can throw that exact same darter imitation for, from January till January and catch fish on it. No, maybe not in January, but well, okay, but year round. <laughs> you can throw that year round. Yeah. round. Really? Let me know, let me know about January. I'll I'll be at home. Yeah, our our smallmouth around here. <laughs> are different than up north because up north i feel like you can catch them all year round yes and here they absolutely shut down i know some people who catch them but they're fishing deep you gotta call them the dredge crew it's a lot of like 20 plus feet deep well i know some of the guides around here will use like an umbrella rig yeah on a fly rod yeah Yeah, on a fly rod and go to big old deep holes in like freezing cold weather and right. just dredge the bottom yes that's duck hunting season just go duck hunt <laughs> yeah there's there's other things to do as much as i love smallmouth fishing we're uh, this podcast is focused spring through fall yeah <laughs> sorry we're going off yeah. on another time. no no when, you're good winter time is priority i guess i guess like the next thing maybe is like gotta get time materials we obviously you know it's not like it always lights out with one fly and we're like switching up flies here and there but when when do you when should you like know to like all right i should probably switch up and like what should what should what should you be kind of like looking for like should you be switching up your size should you be switching colors like what do you guys think yes i think colors and then if you can switch up action i mean that's really the only things to switch up but well one of the things that i think is more important with smallmouth stuff is especially maybe just this part of my guiding days is that the the presentation is way more important than what fly you're throwing a lot of times. Which I've never heard of that. Do? No one's ever said that before. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, you know, if you're not casting a fly in the right spot where there are fish that are going to be eating, then it doesn't matter what you throw in there. If you can't get the fly to the fish, then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, I... Just myself, I mean, if especially if it's something that I'm pretty confident in, I'll throw that a pretty long time and try different things. How deep am I fishing it? How fast or slow I'm fishing it? And the different types of water. Am I fishing it really deep? Am I fishing it kind of more shallow up next to structure? Am I dredging the bottom with it? Those are going to be the things I'm going to try first before I ever change my fly. That just I don't know. That's me personally. But yeah. then once I decide to change a fly, then exactly what B said. It's going to be what different color, profile, or action would be the three things. Yeah, and also like knowing when to change it up. Kind of like what you're saying. Like you go through those areas where you know you've caught fish before. Like uh, you know, like a similar area. Like you're like, oh shoot there has to be a small mouth in there. Mm-hmm. You go through several of those areas and then after several of them, you're like, okay, okay. Yeah, I got to change. change yeah. Change but, yeah. One, one thing too, when you're out on the river, like I, I wouldn't, I never catch a small mouth and I'm like, okay, great. And like, don't take anything away from it. Every single small mouth I catch that day, I learned something about where did I just catch this fish? It was okay. How did I cast? How was I stripping? How deep was that fish? What, how did he eat? What kind of water was that? How fast was the water moving? Like all of those things, every fish that I hook kind of builds a story for me. Not like, 
you know, this week it kind of all adds up. Even though mm-hmm. we were on a lot of different rivers, it was kind of all piecing together a puzzle for us. But, I mean, every fish that you catch kind of tells you a little more about, okay, they're in this kind of water or they're sitting this deep. Maybe we should be and fishing deep. It, it all comes from experience. It comes from time on the water and, you know, coming out there, fishing day after day, condition after condition, year after year, month after month, and understanding where these fish are holding and what kind of weather they're holding in these patterns, what, what they're looking for, how they're hitting it. You know, it's just all about building up that experience and being able to get out there and realizing, okay, well, I'm fishing this while they're not hitting it. And, okay, well, if they're not hitting white in the fast-moving water, well, maybe they're still in their winter pattern or their early spring pattern. Right. And they're sitting deep and they're looking for a slower presentation of a craw pattern because this time of year crawfish shells are still kind of soft and they're keying in on that. So, okay, let me make that let me make that change up. I understand what they're looking for at this time of year. Let me change that up and try that. And, you know, at the end of the day, if, even if that doesn't work, the go-to for me is downsize for success. Downsize yeah. for success. Yeah, and we joke about it. We laugh about it. But more times than not, you know, if, if they're not wanting to hit the bigger pattern, whether they're muff diving it, they're following it, they just don't want to commit, what have you, you know, drop that fly down. You're running an articulated pattern. Okay, well, let's go single hook. You're running a single hook. Well, let's drop that down a size or two there. Let's, let's make that a little bit smaller profile and see if we can't tease them up on this. And then just slowing down that presentation, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Everyone wants to strip streamers so fast. Yes. Well, this is something we talked about in the the podcast with CJ that I did. But he, he, we were talking about you. Can, it's you can get very rhythmic with when you're just fishing and you're just doing the same stripping pattern right throughout the whole day, and because it's just like you're in a rhythm, right? But if you if you're kind of can get out of that rhythm and try different methods, like try different patterns, like maybe strip and you kill it, big strip and you kill it. Boom, like slower strip, like mixing it up is really important, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it's just like making yeah. sure you don't get stuck in that rhythm. Keep, yeah. keep Listen to him. Listen to him and not to us. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's, knows what exactly. he's talking about. He's, <laughs> he's actually a good fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> like, keep, yeah, you got to keep trying different things until you catch a fish. And then when you catch a fish, remember what you did. Mm-hmm. Okay, this cast, I'm going to strip it this way. Oh, that worked. Okay, great. Let's, you know. One, one thing that. that I've picked up from y'all. And this is just because I was really new to streamer fishing. You can't talk about this on. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I don't know what's about. No, I, don't know what's I, can, about. I can talk you, about. You this. signed okay. that NDA. <laughs> this is not about. This is not part of the NDA. Don't okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> but it's. Uh, I used to just think like I would just cast like diagonally downstream, like when I, or like almost straight downstream out of a boat when I was fishing a streamer, just like strip it back up towards me. But when we started fishing the Madison, different like rivers, streamer fishing, it's like almost that like not like sh- not like upstream, but like. Not straight across. It's like the in between. I, I don't know what the angle would be, yeah. but I didn't do well in geometry. But like that <laughs> an, that angle where it's like a little bit upstream. So then when you're stripping it, it's coming. You, it's stripping downstream right. because a bait fish is not going to be able to fight that current and no. go upstream. Right. So that thing that's really helped me. Um, and you've even showed me like if you want to get down a quick downstream mend to let that sink tip sink. Up. And then upstream. Ta- upstream oh, is it upstream? No. Ta- so tailoring the start of your cast is definitely important, you know, in that instance, you know, okay, well, or how fast is the river going on the Madison? I want to cast further upstream so it gets stripped downstream in that trough a lot faster. With these slower rivers here, I may cast more parallel to the right, bank than I right. went upstream. And then, you know, okay, if I'm fishing like a shad kill or something like that where they're hitting in the upper six to eight inches of the water channel, I'm going to hit an upstream min so my fly stays up there. Whereas, you know, I want to get it down deep in a good trough or a good 
drop off. I'm going to give it a downstream mince. That sink tip gets some time to drop down there. So, you know, playing up with your retrieve, playing up with that initial couple seconds of your cast can be, you know, the make or break of that cast, you know. Yeah. You definitely, you know, if they're holding up tight, you want to make sure your your cast is right up there on the shore. But at the same time, if you're playing off a drop off, you're playing off different currents, different speeds, you something like that. You know, making sure that you make that correct cast, making sure you have the actions falling up on that cast, legitimately can make or break whether you catch a fish or not on that cast. Something big that I I feel like a lot of people would would benefit from, and it would be keeping a fishing journal. Like just from what we're talking about with different times True. of year, yeah. where you're casting, where fish were biting, what kind of retrieve it did. I, I not a lot of people would do it, but if you would, it could be in your phone. I mean, yeah, you could even do it as a note on your phone or something. But I've got notes. Yeah, if you just it, it really made me a lot better fisherman. And I honestly I don't do it much anymore. But when I was really trying to become better at finding fish and wanted to start catching more and bigger fish keeping a journal really uh, uh, really one season doesn't teach you much but once you have one season under your belt of like okay i went this was the kind of weather condition this is the kind of fly that i used and i ended up having a little bit of luck with it that next year when it's the same time of year and you're going back looking at those notes it gives you something immediately to build off of yourself not something that you're trying to figure out brand new that day maybe maybe not but okay it's middle of summer i fished last year middle of summer i was using this kind of fly and i did this retrieve and it worked and you kind of jog your memory okay great so now instead of starting from scratch every day that you're fishing you're going to be starting from at least a little bit of knowledge that you already have okay i'm going to go out here and build off of what worked last year Mm mm-hmm that helped me a ton. I don't know if... Well, I mean, like, writing stuff down is... A lot of times, it's just like, if you got something in your head, or it's just like, get it out of your head so you don't have to think about it. So you can go back and, like, look at it. Because if you just try to remember everything, and like, oh, I'll just remember that. Come next year, you're not going to, like, remember when you were out on that stream a year ago. You no, you'd never remember that. You don't remember how what retrieved. But if you... Yeah, something simple, even if you just write it down, it's going to help. Yeah, it helps. it's pretty... The, it's the, pretty Sorry. Oh, go ahead. These kind of here we are. <laughs> you can go. Ahead. Just speak up. Just talk yeah. over him. It's fine. Um, <laughs> like yeah, it, video. yeah, like what? I mean, you're never going to remember. Like, oh, it was this fly? But even something simple like I, white worked. Yo, know, it was hot, and it had been yo know, lower water or something. Like even something just simple. And if you start doing it enough, you're going to start seeing trends. What were you going to say? Uh, just one of the best fishermen in general. He's not a fly fisherman that I've ever been around. Jacob Wheeler. Uh, he's a professional bass angler. Has kept journals since he was like 10 of fishing conditions. And just, it it's the craziest thing. And he's one of the best fishermen in the world. Oh, those guys are dialed in. It's and a science. Like, he, is, he is so dialed in. And he's showing me like his journals and his like little ten year old handwriting, That's but like sick. it's paid off for him like over the years. Like yeah. he can fish anywhere in this country and and probably catch a fish. Right. I mean, I, like I keep a journal like uh, that I'm not super consistent with, but I, I'm sure some of you may have in the past. But like, you know, you jot down things of like, all right, I'm doing well, or I'm like, maybe I'm not doing well in this like 
part of like what uh, where I'm I, at. I don't jot that down very often. But, I'm doing I'm doing, I'm <laughs> doing well. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like like some some big event happened. Like you jot some down. Like what's going on? Maybe there was something you're really working through, like some anxiety. And you I don't know. I at least I keep a journal for that. But you can look back on those those moments. Like oh, when I was doing good. Like what were the things that I was doing? Right, like oh, I was out with friends. I was fishing a lot, you know. And it's the same with with fishing, though. Like keeping a fishing journal, you're like looking at those those times when oh, I was like slaying it last year. Like what was I doing? So I think I mean I I I have like small notes in my uh, my phone, but I think that'd be really something I want to get into a little more. Yeah, going forward, it would it would. I I wish that I would be better at keeping it consistent and keeping it up, but yeah. I don't want to say like that I've got small mouth dialed, but like at least I find some fish every once in a while. But definitely if I would do it more often, I would probably even, I would probably even find some patterns of myself that I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some some of these guides we've been talking about, like have patterns that we just don't even know. And like, I don't know they, they can fish a lot better than us. Of course. That's true. (laughs) Well, that doesn't take much. Yeah. That's that, not a hard call. I keep saying <laughs> that. Hard. I keep I keep downplaying us. We're not that bad. We're not that bad. I'm pretty bad. We just like that. <laughs> you should you should have been on the boat this morning with Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> he was that bad. Adam Adam wouldn't get me in position. We all have no, our no, bad no, days, no, and no, I think no. it cycles. Yeah. <laughs> like looking at you, Scotty out. had a bad day the other day. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and then I've had plenty I mean, of bad every days. Day. <laughs> so I get frustrated. And you had a really good rock bass day a couple weeks ago. <laughs> you re- you went off on the rock bass. I did. They're telling they're telling tales about you up there right now. Yeah. That's for another podcast. The rock bass stories. Rock bass. Rock bass. Rock bass. Sorry. Yeah. Rock bass podcast. The rock bass diaries. Oh, do you need a new battery? Can we take a pause and I can All get right, a? Can, I, yeah, can I get a five, refill? I need a refill. All right. And All right. Rush All right. We're back from our uh, bathroom break. We got a little refill. Refilled as well. it. Cheers. Cheers. Boys. Cheers. I'm on my last sip. Why don't you get another one? Good to, oh, good to see y'all. I have a refill. I have a refill already. Proud of you. So we just refilled. And uh, yeah, we w- this next section, we're, we're about to get to the Q&A section. We've got a, a bunch of really good questions, some really, really funny questions from y'all. Uh, but first, we wanted to kind of talk through gear and kind of like what our approach is for that. And I guess we'll just go around and just talk about maybe just like the ideal setup and uh from we can we can keep it simple but like from rod reel leader like setup and uh even flies even if you even a few recommendations you might have potentially oh, potentially oh, wow. a blue line flyer too Ooh, oh my here gosh. we go right here <laughs> that's that golden plate cut Contact that for that us. cut that for that sound bite right there yep that was from the snack king right there <laughs> crisp <laughs> crunch the man knows his snacks. I'm impressed. He does. <laughs> I don't understand how they make them so like salty and hot at the same time, but it's so good. So good. So you, first thing is you need some golden flakes. <laughs> step one. And step two. Oh, we're looking at me. I'm not starting. <laughs> I'll start. Yeah. I'm looking at Adam. Okay. My ideal setup for streamer fishing, smallmouth, redfish, um, streamer fishing for trout. I would really like an NRX, G Loomis NRX, and I would like an eight weight, nine foot. And I, I'm kind of torn on line lately. I've had some line from Rio lately that hadn't been as good. 
and I don't know what it is. Preach. I, I have, <laughs> I have really enjoyed some airflow line that Scotty lent me recently. It actually has been really good, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. So just like a, I don't know all the term terminology for sinking line, but just get one that goes down there. Yeah, get some sinking line that down. sinks okay. because we got some sinking line that did, doesn't sink. Did Adam <laughs> just get triggered there? I'm not. I'm not the biggest gear guy. Like I don't know all these ins and outs. Of but gear, something but maybe, like I think that one you have is maybe like one fifty or two hundred sink. Yeah, two hundred grain. I mean, I really like the hatch reels uh, that we've been using. Um, they are freaking awesome. I love my eight weight reel, my eight weight hatch reel. Um, yeah, I just feel like with the, with the eight weight, you gotta pay a little bit on the reel because some of these fish are going to be stripping out some drag. And usually if I was doing a six weight, like forever, I've run a like cheap sage reel on my six weight disposable because it just doesn't matter. And I can buy like, (laughs) seriously, I can buy like four or five. I've bought four of them in the past and I've gone through all four of them. And even all four of those like don't cost me the same as like a, one of these nicer reels. Yeah. So that's kind of me. Um, leader, I'm not really the one to talk about. I just throw on straight like 15 or yeah, or yeah. something like that or or shoot 20, something just straight 20. <laughs> I don't a smallmouth doesn't really care. I mean, they're going to eat it's a, they're going to eat the fly if they want to eat the fly. Like they don't really they're care not about that the, leader shy. It'd be um, inter- I'd like you to talk about your leader setup cuz I I like what you guys have been doing. Yeah. Like right now. Yes. Yeah, sure. like, like right okay. No, no, wait, wait, like fifteen minutes. Okay. <laughs> I think that's all it. right. Next, crickets. <laughs> all right, am, am I up? Oh, you're up. All right, you're in the queue. I'm not going to go into redfish. I'm just, I'm just solely going to talk about smallmouth. <laughs> so my ultimate smallmouth setup would be a seven weight rod. I use a seven weight rod more than any other size rod. I feel like just period. It's got the right, like, stiffness to be able to cast really any fly that I want to throw. But I like, I, I tend to just like soft rods. Like, so I, the rods I, I tend to end up using are, are anything softer. We use a lot of Winston's because they're pretty soft. Um, we even have some, like, seven weight bamboo rods just because they're super soft. Um, which you see in some of our videos. You, am I good? I'm good. I was just okay. getting, getting some water. Um, but you have a beer. So, <laughs> so you you see me using uh you know quite a. <laughs> Anyways, okay, continue. <laughs> uh, um, it even better because you gave. <laughs> uh, so seven weight would be my. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're not watching this, that's you have no okay. idea what's going on. But that's just not continue. Okay. Continue. <laughs> I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to compose myself. So, uh, number. W- I mean, <laughs> you have to edit some shit. <laughs> no, don't edit that. <laughs> you have to edit our aftermath. <laughs> that was raw uh, and unfiltered. I didn't say it. I didn't say it in the mic. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Seven weight. Yeah. So, uh, seven weight rod, um, line. I would I, any sort of sink tip, a good sink tip line. Um, something is 
more in like the five to six inch per second range. But I don't like full sinks. I, I prefer a sink tip. So any good sink tip that you feel like casts well on your rod. But the deal is, is you know, most people probably don't have a sink tip. Maybe they have a floating line for their rods. I would just get a sink tip line. Suck it up <laughs> and get a sink tip. It's not worth the, the poly leaders. It's not. Poly leaders, just, they don't cast well. The performance just isn't there. I don't care how good you think the poly leaders are people watching this that like poly leaders it's just it's not a replacement i can't tell you i've got i've got seven weight rods that i've never even put a floating line on i mean if i like to streamer fish that, that just kind of that's me though but spend the money in your setup on first fly line buy whatever fly line works for what you're going to use it for because way more so in fly fishing than conventional gear or whatever a lot of people think your fly line is so important and matters like i mean it just makes all a world of difference whether you're going to catch fish or not is no your, your is your fly line are. yep then get a rod that you like that is in your price range a seven weight for me uh i like eights i mean there's some some flies that you and i fish i like using eights for that tickle monster's big and heavy yeah i like it for i i really like throwing that eight weight that we were yeah we were running. seven Seven can be a little outgunned on some of yeah. those some of the some flies, but I think it can handle most anything that I want to throw. So good seven weight. The very last thing I would put money into is a reel. I oh yeah. There are very few smallmouth that I ever put on a reel that I ever need to. Yeah. If you're saltwater fishing, that's a different story. But anything freshwater, nice reels are super cool and they're nice to have. But that's the last place that I would put money is a is a cool reel. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if you Get spend a thousand dollars on a fly rod and go buy eight sage reels. That's what I've done to forever. strap to them. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, that's what I would do over over spending the money just elsewhere. A lot the money to fly line and a rod to cast it. Yeah. But don't short yourself on fly line. Don't buy mid tier fly line. Yeah, yeah. Go buy the nicest sink tip fly line that you want to buy. Which they're all a hundred dollars now, right? I mean, yeah. pretty much everything's a hundred bucks. Yeah. Maybe maybe you could find one on some sort of discount code, coupon, a sale. I don't know, whatever. Buy a hundred dollar fly line, put it on a rod, and then shortchange yourself on a reel or buy a reel off Craigslist. Yeah, or eBay. eBay is a great place. Yeah, for eBay, used reels. E I would even eBay a rod these days. I oh, mean, yeah. if if it comes in and it's beat to hell, I mean, return it or whatever eBay does. Like I would have no issues buying some stuff, but don't buy a line. Don't buy a used line. <laughs> yeah, buy a good a sink different. tip line. Yeah, well, I feel like when people get into fly fishing, they're all about the reel. Don't and, be, no, and no, never. Like be. one of my buddies just recently got in. I'm not hating on him because like I I was the same way. But I was like, dude, look at that sick able reel out there. Like look look at that thing. Like I'd be able to fly fish so well if I had that. Yeah, thousand dollar able reel or however much it is. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean they're nice. Like I, I, I feel really called out because all the reels that we pretty much use are, <laughs> are, are nice. We, we were calling <laughs> you out with that. Call. They are nice. Yeah, I get it. They're but, very uh, nice. No, I mean yeah. I, 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 I mean this is what I do, and I end up with able reels, and it's a thing. But <laughs> but that's that was the question. <laughs> yeah. The question was, what should you do? Yeah. <laughs> and don't learn, learn yeah. from Adam's mistakes. Buy the cheapest yeah. reel that you can find that works and that's my and that's my 
Oh, and that's leaders. good advice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, that's I good. Mean, if it's under an eight weight, you don't need a like a good reel. Yeah, in my opinion, that's just me personally. But like, if it's under an eight weight, you're if you're putting a, a fish on the reel, you have probably done something wrong. Right. Yeah. So, salt water excluded. We've said that. I'm gonna say it again. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a giant asterisk in this giant podcast. asterisk. <laughs> yeah, freshwater fishing on both sides. <laughs> street you asked me small my small mouth setup yes, and that's what yes. i would do you did not ask me anything else asterisk on that <laughs> that is my small mouth rig and that is where you should spend your money small mouth fishing in my opinion you did ask about leaders yeah. we, we do have a little bit of a little special leader setup i don't i haven't used like a straight piece of fluoro in forever and a lot of people are going to say oh it's it doesn't matter but that's how i do it yeah I, <laughs> yes you're also savage you're, yeah, you're also better than 99% of the people out there, so. Thank you. Well, <laughs> so you did, you did decide that he was the best of the group. Oh, yeah, he is. Obviously, yeah. For sure. Look at him. Not just king of snacks. Dude, the, the, <laughs> slap and, the slap and tickle technique, life-changing. Your slap and tickle changed my we'll life. We'll have to do a video on that. We that's, need to. That's life-changing. It has nothing to do with how well he fishes it. It's the commentary that he gives yes. while oh, yeah, he's doing it. That's so why anyway, he's fishing. So my, my leader is is. Uh, a little different than a lot of people, especially for streamers. It's a sh- it's a flat piece of of butt section, which is going to be stiffer to a swivel, like a barrel swivel, micro swivel, micro swivel, which we get made exclusively for us. Check them out on bluelandflies.com exclusively. <laughs> bluelandflies.com. Um, so Link to one Lord. of our swivels, to another stretch of leader. I, I exclusively fish fluoro. I, I like fluorocarbon stuff over nylon. Um, but yeah, having <laughs> just going to town on the snacks over there. Oh, jeez, save some oh. for tomorrow. That's Gosh. <laughs> um, I, having the taper in there makes them. I feel like I can cast them a lot better. I'm more accurate with the cast. When you inevitably break off, you know, it, like you're going to do on sinking with sinking fly line you get hung up you only end up breaking off a section of tippet you know that's two, maybe two feet long or so right. um and then you can just retie that back on instead of losing a whole section of leader plus that barrel swivel really helps you know with Whirly with works. your streamers if you're you know casting heavy flies that kind of end up spinning or kinking your leader Plus, one of the biggest things for me is that barrel swivel really helps when you dead drift a fly, or like if you're going to swing a fly. I feel like it'll get, it'll help it get that roll in the water column that uh, really, like a flat piece of line might not let it let it roll through the water, like a like a bait fish tumbling through current. I've seen a huge difference in in my leaders when I put a barrel swivel on. It'll let my fly spin. Verse a verse a straight piece of fluoro. I feel like I don't get that that same result. So super simple, super easy. Anyone can afford a barrel swivel because I think they're, I don't know, they're fifty cents a piece on our website, aren't they? They're either twenty five or fifty cents. Yeah, whatever super they are. cheap. They're super cheap. You can get a pack for a, right? a pack. I think cents. is two bucks. So yeah. basically, what you're saying is. If I want to get started in smallmouth bass fishing, I should just buy everything on bluelineflies.com. Yes, actually. I yeah. think that's what he said. That's exactly what I'm okay. saying. That's how you catch smallmouth 100%. bass. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're not wearing a shirt sure. with a smallmouth on it, are you smallmouth fishing? <laughs> so you can, you can leave I, the episode right now today, and just go buy everything on Blue Line Flies, and I think you're good to go. Yeah, you'll be set. You you'll, know, you'll know how to fish at that point. Yeah. There you go. There you are. Well, you got to watch our videos but, first on, on oh, the Wildfly channel. You have to watch the videos. 
But that would be my ultimate bass setup. We sell these leaders if you don't know how to tie leaders or whatever. We also sell the swivels proprietary to us. They don't they don't affect your casting. They don't affect your sink rate. And they so, don't they don't affect your catching. I don't. I haven't seen it. At least. No. We've, well, well, they do they, positively. Yeah, I was positively. Say, well, they, yeah. they, they no, affect but, it by making but, them better. But I mean, <laughs> even when we were in Montana for doing the short bus stuff, we were casting that same swivel. Uh, I use it on my dry fly leader. Yeah, on the salmon flies. Uh-huh. I, I, I all I use it on my like on the mo. I mean, I'll tie size twenties, twenty dry flies off of off of a swivel. Well, you're crazy. You're not wrong. But the, uh, I mean, <laughs> that I, is crazy. It, but, I wouldn't suggest that. I wouldn't suggest. Okay. That. Don't then, but it works. I'm just saying it. It will float. I mean, yeah. those things. If you, if you put a little bit of grease on a on this swivel, it will float. If They're you so small, yeah, it's it's so tiny that it will not affect any any of your fishing. So that that would be that would be my gear my gear recommendation to you. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Steve? Man, I could, I could go on and on about gear for that. Um, Honestly, as far as rod setup is concerned, um, this past week has kind of thrown me in flux on that because I've always preferred a more faster action um, with a little bit more of a flexible tip but a stiff midsection that way because how, – how do I describe this? In the southeast, you don't cast overhand. You cast sidearm. I, I, I didn't cast overhand until I'd gone out west when I was 20. <laughs> I, I, the first decade I'd fly fished, every cast I did was sidearm because every river around here has overgrown bush. And that that stiffer, (laughs) 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 all right, keep going. All right, Uh, (laughs) that is is what she said, isn't it? All right, Um, but yeah, you know, we have a uh, surplus of overgrown bush here in the southeast. (laughs) So So, sorry, I ruined your podcast. (laughs) So you uh, that 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 uh, stiffer midsection and softer tip really helps you whip it up underneath there. However, <laughs> we we uh we've been we've been fishing Winston's for a while now, and I've been really getting used to that softer action. And just recently, we actually picked up some bamboo seven weights. And God damn it, if that slow action rod was not beautiful, and I hate to admit it because I I love a faster action rod. That's what I've fished my entire life. But that soft action rod, we were playing playing around with that the last week here with these low hanging bushes low hanging trees what what have you and it takes a little bit to get used to but that slower action to it gives you a lot more time to work the rod and you can really kind of push that fly to where you want to you can you can set your loop where you want it to you can collapse it when you want to you can kind of weave it up underneath these trees how you want to with that slower action rod it just gives you a lot more freedom to play with it because you have more time on that back cast and that forward cast you're not telling wow, people. Wow, to- that took a turn. So you're gonna you're gonna tell me, like, not ever fly fish before to go pick up a bamboo rod. No, no. please amend this. Please amend this because please do not. Yes. Yes. That, that is cool. No, no. So, go may, buy go can, buy that bamboo rod right now. <laughs> can you please can you please go ahead and make the point of like you maybe like softer action rods now, not. Just that it's bamboo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Please go ahead and summit that. Well, never, never fished before ever. This this person comes up to you. What do you suggest they get? It's two, definitely not a bamboo. Rod. Two thousand dollars eight weight bamboo. I'm sorry to get you off track here, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, got, he's got. I call it about the fucking 
Eminem this shit. I'm out. Acapella. <laughs> <laughs> um, first, getting into it. Um, who cares about your rod? Go over to Cabela's and pick up the $150 special they have over there. Because when it comes to small fishing or any other kind of fly fishing out there, what counts more than anything out there is experience and time on the water. Um, your gear doesn't matter in the long in the long run. It might add up, but you know you're getting out there. You want to learn how to smallmouth fish. Um, you know your gear, your your rod, your reel, your line. Those three big things that everybody's pushing to get the top tier things. It helps, and when you're very experienced in the sport, you can actually truly appreciate the difference between using, say, a mid-tier and a top-tier rod, a mid-tier and a top-tier line, a mid-tier and a top-tier reel. You know, you can really appreciate it at that point. But if you're just getting into the sport, go to Cabela's, spend 100 bucks, get the combo they have there, and get out there because what, what matters the most is experience. Your time on the water, how you, how you learn the water you're fishing, how you learn the fish that you're fishing for, what they like, what they want. And then your fly selection. If you're not, if there's one thing you probably don't want to skimp money on, is your fly selection. I had a lot of people on. I worked the shop. They'd go out to these bulk websites, not mentioning names, and they would go and they would just buy a shitload of these flies because they were cheap as fuck. That doesn't yep. that doesn't do anything for you because you're just you're just shotgunning it. You don't need to shotgun your approach. You need to snipe it. You need to take the time. You need to get out there. You need to figure out exactly what you need to be throwing for it. So if if I had a suggestion as far as gear is concerned, understand the fish you're fishing for, figure out what they're eating, and make sure you're buying the appropriate flies for them. All right, whether you're having to go get someone to, you know, I hate to say it, but to custom time, check out Blue Line Flies custom ties out there. We'll hook you up. Your boy Adam's over here for you. Or you just need to get, you know, specific patterns for crawfish or shad or something like that, you know. That would be my suggestion to you. you that's, that is the most important wow. thing as far as gear is concerned is your experience and your flies. Wow. Wow. That was incredible. My God. You're welcome. Tell them how it is. Have a dude. seat. There needs to be yeah. like a, I wish there was a crowd here and we were like <laughs> I'd on, stand a, up. on a panel. Yeah. And like the whole crowd. They cheer. Yeah. They cheer after hearing that. And then go buy a bamboo rod. <laughs> and then buy the bamboo rod. <laughs> <laughs> I got back himself up. <laughs> I like that. $2,000. <laughs> Only. Yo, but yeah, that's, um, so that's Scotty, good. I'm actually very curious to hear what you, your ideal situation is because this is probably what your third or fourth time small fishing your second time with us i know you've, you've messed around over there and whatever just kind of played around yeah, <laughs> Play, <laughs> yeah, played around. yeah you've played around over there no <laughs> but i mean you've done some serious fly fishing now uh for for smallmouth with you know us here but this is the second time now i'm yeah. um, here in the in tennessee valley and you've done it with cj lord over there in your area as well and so you've gotten some experience now but you know from someone that hasn't done it so much and but you obviously enjoy you know what kind of setup are you you, you do you have in mind yeah, I I think so. Brian and I both have, or you had, but we both have a, an eight weight. It's like a Winston, I think a Boron three or something like that. Yeah, like Boron three. I, I don't believe. like mine. Yeah, Brian accidentally broke his. I don't. Um, well, I, I didn't really like it. So. Yeah, <laughs> but I I was used that that was my eight weight. Like that was just my streamer rod. Like that's the one I had, and um, it's a good rod, but I don't think it's really the best like streamer rod. And after this week fishing. And I fished this in the past, but after fishing like the seven weight salt, the air salt, um, that I feel like has it's a little bit more forgiving. It's a little softer than the boron. The boron's a little more stiff, right? And that's good for throwing like really big flies, like when we go to Canada or something and throw like some huge mimas for bull trout, then or bud, then that's like the setup. But from this week, I know I did break the rod today, but the seven weight air salt. 
has been like really sick. So I think like seven weight again is uh, probably what I would like. Um, and I think I was fishing some Airflow Streamer Max Long, I believe, and that's been just sink tip, and that's been great. And if get again like I don't yeah you broke that one I you broke that too I did break that one, <laughs> but I don't know like the techie like terminology Me or neither. anything, you know I'm like. Sink I, tip though. Yeah, it's a sink, sink tip. tip. Yeah, it's a sink tip. It's not full yeah. sink. But um I don't know, I feel like especially getting under like you're saying side casting, I feel like getting under a lot of those trees and like that's where I've caught a bunch of fish. I've been like mm-hmm. getting under those trees and like flipping like almost skipping it over like logs. Skip, baby. Yeah, I learned the skip it's, from you. It's a skill. Yeah. It's, it's a serious skill you have yep. to learn to fish in the south. Yeah. Oh. Skip and tickle. Skip and tickle. <laughs> but skip I, and tickle. I I've had a few fish that have eaten right over log jams. You skip them under there and there's a log underwater and you pull it right over that log and they just come up and heat it. So I think, I think having a little bit, um, you know, it's not like a super slow soft, like I fished the bamboo and I like that, but I think that kind of that in between, it's not super stiff, but it's also not like loosey goosey. So that's kind of like what I've been liking rod wise. And, um, it, it's really hard for me because they don't, there's not very many people that make a soft seven weight now. Right. Because everyone wants, you know, this super fast rod because it casts super far and whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of my things. How far do you ever cast when you're smallmouth fishing? Can I go on a tangent, please? Please, God, no. Because I yeah. want to go on the tangent so bad. But no, the we're both the in the same mindset. But we need Scotty to, we need to stay on track. I, but, I, mean, I disagree. I, I don't want a soft rod. No, it's but, an, I like. I want an in between. Well, okay, well, well, I'm not going to tangent on my tangent, but I want to <laughs> tangent on his tangent. <laughs> so why do you want a fast rod? Why do I want a fast for rod? redfish? Or are you just talking smallmouth fishing? Talking or, smallmouth or do here. you have why do you do you have so you, salt water in mind too? Why, what's the advantages of, of a fast rod besides the fact they don't have tipper protection? Do you need tippet protection? You, you don't yeah. really need tipper protection with streamer fishing. I mean, if uh, I'm 100% fishing, you do. If I'm fishing I'd, I'd 20, argue that to the 20 day. pound not, fluoro, right, straight right. fluoro, I feel like I don't need any tippet protection. Yeah, you've never hooked up into a smallmouth in a class three rapid behind a boulder. Yes, I have. Well, then I guess <laughs> maybe the tippet failed me there. You can <laughs> maybe talk maybe to on the gravel bar. for that. I definitely have. Like the, I feel called out now. I think, oh, I think, this, go I think to, to, to tie this in together, I think it's like we could go down a tangent on all, right. all this, but I think it's a good point. It's like everyone has their personal preference, right? Totally. So, like, I'll stand the gravel bar. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, we can't tell you, or no one else can tell you, like, the exact rod that you should be fishing. It's like over the years, like, you're not going to find the best rod right away. You might have to try out a few rods, it might take a few years to figure out, like, what you really like. It might not even be a thing like you can really explain. You're just like, oh, this rod just makes sense. Like it just works yep. for me. And so I think it's like figuring that out um, by testing different rods and you know trying your friend's rods so you don't have to buy one. If they, if your friend has a, a rod that is a fast direction rod that you want to try out, maybe give that a shot for a little bit. Just only just from working at a fly shop. Do not walk in a fly shop. Try to demo a rod and pick the one that you cast the furthest. Yeah. Just. Imagine how far you generally cast when you fish and pick the rod that fits that cast the best. Yeah. And and fix and fits what you're looking for too cuz everybody has a personal preference on what type of rod they want to use. You know, some people like a slow reaction rod. 
you know, maybe they're a little more patient. They don't mind waiting for that back cast to load up so they can get it where they want to. Maybe some people are a little more impatient and they just want it to load up immediately so they can just send the send the line. <laughs> that's, that's, me. That, that's what I But to that point, everybody has a personal preference for that. So, you know, Adam's going to sit here and tell me I want a slow action rod. Well, for years, I've always wanted a faster action rod because I'm always like, I want the fuck to put that line right there, right the fuck now. And, you know, as I've gotten older, it's weird to say that now at this point in my life, but as I've gotten older, I don't mind waiting on it to load up because I realize that not time to load up. That means also my forward cast. I got a couple extra seconds on it so I can do whatever the fuck I want with that line. And I can really either whip it up underneath there. I can collapse my loop early if I need to. I have a lot more time to do what I need to do to get my fly to where it needs to be. And so it's just one of those things is like, you don't, don't let someone else's opinion weigh in on what type of setup you're getting. Get out there. To Adam's point, imagine what type of cash you're going to be making on the water you're going to be fishing and do that with the, the setup you're going to be doing. So getting out there and playing with it and understanding that your line dictates how that rod casts and can dictate how you you perceive that rod and how your cast kind of respond to it is very important. And that's another thing that, again, it takes experience to do. But understanding that and realizing that's the, you know, the, the key point in that whole scenario and that whole situation, that setup is very important because a lot of people don't they don't realize that and they want to come into the shop and they want to skimp out on the lot they'll buy the top of the line raw they'll top, buy the top of the line real but when it comes to the line they're like yeah let me get that that bottom line line there because they yeah. don't understand that the the line yep. is honestly the most important part of that whole setup the, i've two two comments on that would be so just working in a shop i only one time for selling rods for quite a few years I ever had someone come in who wanted to cast a rod, like, who really tried casting a rod at, like, 20 feet. Most people, like, 99.9% of people who go into a fly shop rip as much line off the reel as they can. I don't care what weight rod it is. It could be a fucking two weight. And they will rip as much line off of that reel as they can and see how far they can cast it. Do not buy a rod based on how far you can cast it. You, you know what also dictates your day out on the water? Whether, Snacks. Whether or not you have the right flies. Blueliveflies.com. <laughs> I love it. Let's that go. was good. Yeah. Wow. I like that. that plug. Let's, can we hire this guy? Yeah, <laughs> I liked that. That was great. That's good. No, I think, Marketing I think it's genius. a valid point that, that like, oh, should be taken. Right. Yes. But, yeah. but if you – and my the second point on that yeah. is if you think that your rod isn't made or isn't good for what you're doing – change your line before you go buy a new rod rods are expensive they're i mean a good rod in my opinion starts in that like 400 to 500 dollar range nowadays like the the you know hundred dollar combo kits are fine but you know if you're talking like i want a quality piece of equipment you're gonna four to five hundred dollar range buy a new line for that rod for i change fly lines once a year now i fish a lot i get it but fly lines wear out it's not they're not like uh, not, I don't know how often you change like conventional gear lines, but fly lines are not meant to be used for 10 years on the same line. Like if your rod is not performing the way that you want it to, you need to go buy a different fly line before you go buy a new rod. Yeah. And it's a heck of a lot cheaper. You're 70 to 100 bucks instead of four to 500 bucks. Hey, so I'll just take a side note here and um, just point out that to our earlier comments on that as far as reaching out about information from us um if you reach out to us and ask about you know rod and line combinations about casting and stuff like that 
that's something that piques our interest and we love talking about. You you reach out to us about something like that, you'll get a lot more information from us than, you know, just your standard run-of-the-mill question. You could just rewatch this because I'm just going to summarize exactly what I just said and send it to you on in Instagram. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> All right, let's get... Uh, speaking that. of questions. Yeah, speaking of questions. Q&A oh, time? we got a little Q&A? We got a little Q&A. That wow. was good. That was I'm good. looking forward uh, to this. Shout out to everybody who uh, one. who's asking us questions and everything on here. And uh, if you don't follow us already on Instagram, go uh, go hit us up. I should. Uh, I should not where I thought you were going with that. What? <laughs> what? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Anyways, continue as is. Sean said, "I, I just want to hear Big Boy ramble." <laughs> oh, you got uh, some of that. Big Boy has <laughs> already rambled. Husky Daddy. <laughs> husky Daddy. You got the Husky Daddy, Scrappy Daddy. Can you can you ramble for a few minutes for this guy? Because well, he, he wants you to ramble. No, 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 More about Red Beards. Tell me about Tennessee, the football team. <laughs> oh, you don't want me to. <laughs> we'll cut that. Next question. All right. They don't need that. The internet doesn't need that. There's a lot of questions in here, so I'm going to kind of... There's definitely like some... some. Um, does anyone ask about waypoints? <laughs> Can you send me pins to wear all of your fishing pins, please? Um, I will. It's all the Jack Daniels right. distillery. <laughs> Let's start out with the most absurd first. Oh, if wow. you contact me, I, my fishing pins are for sale. If you want to start Venmoing me money here's, or something here's an for absurd, pins, here's I an might. Only one. fans for a we'll fishing start, spot. We'll start it off with this one. A banger. These may or may not be about smallmouth fishing. Some of them are, but some of them are well, definitely not. You got to give us you got to give us a heads up if it's like four or not. So I, know, <laughs> right. I need a frame of reference. Read this. All right. Let's, let's uh, Zach Rolf asks, "Who would win in a throwdown between Adam and Steve?" Oh wow. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like Adam's just too nice of a person, and I fight very unfair. Dirty. I fight. I fight <laughs> yeah. dirty. Steve's dirty. So, like, you know, we would try to hug it out, and I'd pull a shiv out of my asshole and just stab <laughs> him in the kidney. Prison pocket shiv. <laughs> Pretty much. I, what I is it like, doing up your ass? I feel like it would depend on how much whiskey what we've had. Is the this? more whiskey I've had, the better I might be at a fight. Oh, I've, I, I've seen him have a certain amount of whiskey. Once he has to reach a certain level of whiskey intake, he just bounces off shit. Like, that's true. At that point. Like a pinball. That, that's when he's vulnerable, yeah. and you get him. So, okay. I, I'd have to say Adam. Uh, he has a lot more hunting experience than I do, so he definitely knows where the vitals are. <laughs> so I, I would have to say Adam, one hundred percent on the gra- If I met him on the gravel bar, I would not be walking away from that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, let's real I'm question. Glad we really answered that question. Real question. <laughs> that was, no, we weren't that was really great. answering that was questions. Great. My bad. Okay, so he's. This is from W. C. Mahoney. He says small stream wedding versus fishing bigger water from a boat so i guess maybe like what's your preference on small stream wading versus bigger water you don't you know that if you're watching this you I mean, know my boat. preference i want i <laughs> yeah. want to hear b's opinion and then i want to hear adam's opinion because i know they're going to be conflicting opinions no it's not i'd like to hear that i just said boat what huh i just said boat i okay. i used to do the waiting like there are some spots where you can wreck them waiting where you can't do a boat. And, you know, that's that's fun. But, like, a boat is, like, where you can cover some water. Especially around here, you need to cover some water. And, like, you, it's just, I don't know. It, I, I think it's better. That's just me for streamer fishing. Some people might disagree, but I don't care. Like, around here, you you got to cover water. 
Yeah. A lot of the spots are really deep too. Like you can't wade. But I mean, you know, there are some some places you can rack them on foot. It's all situational though. Like I'm gonna hit you. I I like doing. I'll I'll see I like doing waiting. I um, all right. Side note: I could take him on the gravel bar. Could not take out. <laughs> Dude, I'm scrappy. Continue. All, so all, so all scrappy. I was saying is like I'm going for the kneecaps. I'm scrappy. It's situational for like where you're fishing, right? So like they're all, especially when you're floating. There are certain areas like we fished that creek a couple days ago. That there's certain areas that are so skinny when you're floating down. It would have been if we weren't in a rush. It would have been wise for us to to anchor up above it. Yeah. Above the run. Oh yeah. And go wade and fish it. So, because if we floated through it, it would it would um, you know spook the hole. Yeah. But if we weren't floating, we wouldn't have gotten to that spot. Uh, I think you maybe learned a technique from me on this last store bus trip, which is wading with a boat. Yes. Yes. I love if I'm gonna wade, I love to wade on a float. But that's I just have, so you can bring the beer. Yes. You can fit a Yeti sixty five full of Yeti one ten ice <laughs> ice. Cold with silver bullets what or whatever. The, what's the, the one that doesn't even come with a lid? It's that big. Yeah, that's the one we need. Yeah, that. It like, literally just float that down the river with yeah. us. Um, you can carry your gear. You can carry your stuff. I mean, I. But what what Bryant said is is head on for me. Is that you've got to cover water, mm-hmm. and I. I mean, I can I can not tell you. I have not caught very many really big smallmouth waiting. I feel like I just don't cover that much water. I don't. I don't get that many shots. And exactly what you said is that some of these holes are so deep that you cannot make the perfect presentation that you mm. need on the far side of a run through some trees and stuff, unless you're standing on top of a boat casting it. You also get the leverage of being up. Right. Like you, you're you can elevated. see the. You can see the stuff in the better, water. Better casting can, angle. Yeah. yeah. It's all like it's. It for me, you get, like to find big smallmouth, and I mean, I think quantity too. I like to wait, and I mean, I've waited a lot for I mean, smallmouth. Unless you're unless you're honey holing something, in my opinion, yeah, you know, I I think that floating outweighs everything that waiting can do. Yeah, and just that need sense. those waypoints. It's not to discourage someone from waiting. Oh no, you know, not like at if all. that's the only option you have, maybe find like a tributary into a bigger stream that has more like weightable area. Yep. Instead of trying to fish a bigger river. Or to that point is that if you're waiting, I feel like that's at least when when I was, you know, younger before I had a boat and I floated everything when I waited. Honest to God, I felt more rewarded when I went out and, you know, hoofed my ass off to get up to these spots to catch fish. You know, you you work a lot more for it. And I I feel like that's a lot more rewarding in its own sense. So that's something to also take into consideration when you're thinking about that. Just my two cents. Yeah, that's true. I but even then on on that fact you can likely uh, I've seen on Craigslist pretty recently quite a few like canoes for free. Oh, yeah. I mean if you have any type of SUV truck, even a, a maybe a car that you have a a way to strap a, a kayak or a canoe to a roof for less than 100 bucks you could have a boat that you could get down a river in. And maybe not stand up and fish, but you could still at least use the boat to get from point A to point B and wade along the way. Well, that's a big and thing here still in the let southeast. You cover water. Is that you know, and we've talked about multiple times just on the river, but like out west, 
it's not really practical to have like a kayak or canoe just because of how you know fast and rough the water can get but here in the southeast the water's relatively tame compared to that yeah. and you know canoes and kayaks have become very popular in the last few years yeah and you know like just to the point of our our boy over here at fish and or cats your boy wade over here is working a kayak that yep. i mean shit today you know you got shoved out a little too far from the put in and i was just like well there goes my ride and i jumped on the front of his kayak and he just rode us both down the river to yeah. it and we were perfect i stood up on that thing and got in the in the raft there and you know while that was might have been a higher end you can get a kayak for hundred bucks at yeah dicks i mean the Kabbalah's kayak's not whatever. gonna be able yeah. to do that but yes <laughs> oh yeah that that won't do it but um, at the same time it's like you know canoes and kayaks you know they're definitely extremely practical here in the southeast yeah and most small moth waters they're extremely practical and i i can't concentrate but, uh, anymore I mean, jesus christ i mean but, yeah, buy a hundred dollar <laughs> one off getting of getting this deep <laughs> I mean, buy buy a hundred dollar canoe off Craigslist, and like I said, I've even seen some that I mean didn't have holes in them that were free. Like people just wanted to get rid of a canoe that they didn't use anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's, there's options cheap out options. there. Very there's cheap, cheap options. options. I mean, you don't have to see our Sotar and be like, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Next question. Let's go to the next question. All right. Next, next question, question from this pro photo asks, how many beers does it take to catch smalley? Great question. question. We haven't figured that one out yet. Red beers or normal beers? Thirty beers. or forty, I would say. <laughs> um, well, I caught a no. I caught no smallmouth today, <laughs> but I caught a pretty good buzz. So I would say we're still not sure yet. <laughs> we're st- we're still working on that. We'll we'll let you know next year. Definitely more than the fish you're going to catch yeah. that day. That's um, sure. yeah, just go buy that T-shirt and you'll be fine. <laughs> go buy Blue, the uh, Wildflyproductions.com. Wildflyproductions.com. Yeah, that com. one. There you go. <laughs> like you just cut me out uh okay if you could only fish one fly forever what would it be if i could only fish one fly for the rest of my life it would be a pinned egg above a squirmy worm because no one that's two no flies fishing. though but no it's one fly with an egg above it <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> the egg's a plastic bead it doesn't count as a fly how are you gonna catch smallmouth they'll eat that <laughs> well, right. i get a smallmouth to eat that <laughs> yeah the question was uh, if you could fish one fly for the rest of your life, what would, or if you could only fish one fly forever, what would it be? Oh, a zoom worm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, All right I'll, I will answer it correctly. <laughs> if I could only fish one fly for the rest of my life, it'd be the Meemaw because I don't know if you guys know that about me, but I love catching suckers and bottom feeders <laughs> and I have caught more fish than I, more bottom feeders than I care to admit on the Meemaw. That is the best bottom feeding streamer fly you can ever purchase. And if you ever have the tendency to catch mirror carp, red horse, black drum, buffalo, the occasional smallmouth, bull trout, <laughs> brim, <laughs> rock bass, brown trout, rainbow trout, white fish, brook trout, cutthroat, cutthroat, um, Bonneville cutthroat. West Slope Cutthroat. Right, oh, uh, both right, yeah. Bowfin. All right, Bryant. I've it's lost. <laughs> <laughs> He's cut me off. Uh, <laughs> You're cut off, Steve. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm sure it would be some sort of saltwater f- streamer because I feel like it could just translate to. Like to some sort of EP, some sort of thing some, could something translate to nearly anything. Everything, yeah. I was going to say Sculptzilla. God. I love the Sculptzilla. I honestly, I didn't see why you didn't say that the first time, to be honest. But I'm sure there's a saltwater streamer that kind of looks like that. 
and does the same thing. Um, or Tickle Monster kind of has the same action as a Sculpzilla. Crawdad yeah. could get away as a little mini lobster. Yeah. You sure know? enough. Or, dude, saltwater, some of these fish will eat anything. Oh, uh, redfish, you yeah. just throw it in front of their face. Also, so could be a very good. fat ca- case caddis. <laughs> very saying. big case Someone's going to crucify me on the, saying that about saltwater. Oh, no, it's okay. That's what, they're, they're, they crucify everything you do on the internet now, so okay. it's fine. Yeah, you can't I do anything about right you. these days. What about you? One fly. Zoomworm? Zoomworm. I'm proud of you. All right, <laughs> next question. <laughs> um, Buccal bug. <laughs> I, I'll i see on the gravel bar. This is an Ocare caddis. <laughs> yeah, don't ask that question, Scotty. <laughs> I, yeah, I think if I could only fish one fly, it might be... It might be the Mima as well, but that's what Steven said. So I think he took mine. We can share. I share it with you. <laughs> I, I like you that much. That cooter, that cooter brown is 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 my favorite smallmouth fly. That's period. what I, I, I think. I, that's what I was gonna say. Well, they just said <clears throat> they just said fly in general. I like yeah, I know, but that's part. why I like the Mima for fly in general. But if we are talking about smallmouth, it's a cooter brown. Yeah, true. I'd, you I'd could, have to. Agree you can mix it up. You could throw a float line. You could be almost yeah. like top water. Yeah, you can be like. Like walk the dog kind of thing with it on top, or yep. you can fish it deep. Yeah, it does everything. I'll see both y'all. That bar. new floating streamer deal is what's it called again? We don't have a name for it. <laughs> okay, it's gonna be live. The, the floating site. streamer deal is yeah. currently the the best name we have. Just go look at blue line flies. It's I'm deadly. not very good at naming flies, really. Yeah, you are. Well, I feel like I'm not very good at naming flies. What floating streamer? Uh, we'll show you. I don't know. It's a thing. You'll see in the video. Anyways, anyways, okay. I, I, we don't have a name for it yet. All right, I, he has names for it. I keep enough, enough, enough of that one. Um, any plans for musky fishing? No, nope. Yeah, we, we do have done that. We're Actually, gonna, we're if gonna, I get a jet, plans yes. like upcoming or have I done musky fishing? Any I've, plans for it? I don't know. Maybe next year. Potentially, we're working on something. Wintertime. Go away. <laughs> I've, I've never liked musky. Done people. it. Wasn't impressed. I would need more. Uh, okay, time. this is a good one. Um, we've covered a lot of these in just in like our discussion, but this one is um, what color streamers work best for different weather conditions? That was your that was your question. Dark day, so dark fly. Commenting on our Instagram. Well, it wasn't actually his comment. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, yeah, I I do dark day, dark fly, light day, light fly. So really sunny, I tend to use like natural and white. Really overcast, I tend to use like natural to olive to black. So I'll throw I'll throw a little one out there for you guys. Um, so for the most part, I you know dark dark light light, best way to go about it. But if you got an overcast day, throw throw a black and chartreuse, like black and flashy chartreuse, and just see what the fuck happens. You'll you're be talking about this earlier. You said like no one buys those. No, no, no one. And that's the thing is like oh, you know, we can't sell black yeah. flies. And that's no the thing. Adam them. and I, you know, we don't carry them. We don't carry them on Blue Line because they just don't sell. And like I hate, I hate to say that because you know I want to provide flies that will catch fish. And a black and chartreuse fly is one of my go tos when it's you know overcast outside. But you know, just from experience, it just doesn't sell. And due to the limitations for what we have to do for orders on our flies. It's just not practical at a business stance for us to bring that kind of fly out as of right now. Again, keep commenting on our Instagram and hitting them up, and maybe we can change that up. But I'm just telling you, get you a black and chartreuse fly. If you don't have some, hit Adam up for a custom tie. He'll hook you up. But, you know, time and time again, when it's overcast, 
that's my favorite color to go to you get that little hybrid change up it just does wonders but other than that you know the typical dark dark light light works yeah truce is underrated chartreuse ain't or it ain't no use chartreuse for trout also talk about also that? some something <laughs> no, that can no. be good is like matching the Psychedic. the river bottom like the color of the river bottom if you literally have no idea what to throw if you because you think about like the, the bait fish in the area they're gonna like uh, adapt over time to like fit what the like to to adapt in their environment right so they're gonna try to blend into their environment have you ever seen a shad Yes, but Scott, I'm, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I've, Scotty, I've never seen a bright pink bottom. There's a, How is that supposed to match my? There's word? a lot, of, but I'm just saying, there's a lot of sculpin <laughs> that are like match. The, okay, and, and and I will agree with you to your point there. If you are throwing a sculpin pattern, I tell that to people time and time again. You just like sculpin out of every bait fish out there, quotations out there, whatever the fuck you want to classify a sculpin as. Um, sculpin predominantly will match the bottom of the of the. It, you know the river that they're in you know out west i see a lot of black and green kind of colors here we down here in the south we have a lot of brown and black ones you know to your point there yeah you know definitely sculpin small bait fish style patterns Craw- there crawfish too yeah Crawf- like kind yeah, of brown brownie orange yeah. or there's like you know olivey orange kind of right um real quick can we talk about this um cried out i saw it mile six on the little river trail in gatlinburg no Smokies. No. Continuing on. It's blue? No, it's brown. It was about a mile from the river. I don't get that. <laughs> it was lost. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. I have Let's a keep picture. Going. I'm scared. <laughs> Just reminded me of it. Damn, Nature, you scary. <laughs> uh, okay. This is a good one. Uh, it's from Bambi the Dude. He said he asks or he said, smallmouth habitats slash things to look for on the river when targeting. That slab rock, baby. That's them slabs. Well, no, it's not like flat bottom, but it's like that chunk rock. I feel like I find them kind of in that broken up piece of rock. And with like not like a lot of times you'll find them up in the current, but just like a little bit of current going by. Like an old tractor tire. (laughs) What about (laughs) a wash machine? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> look for all the tires in the river, yeah. and that's where you need to uh, be casting. I, my thing is like if you can get current, so there's like the, the water movement, right? But then there's structure, which is uh, a feature in the water, and cover, which is something over the water. If you can get all of those things in one location, that's where you need to cast the Trinity, the tr- the Holy Trinity, right there. You got some water kind of coming down. You've got a log in the water that's underneath some overhang. Those like the more of those things that you can put together, the better. So if your cast is only one or two of those things, that's fine. But the best place to cast is going to be where all of those things are at the same time. Yep. And then I think looking for drops too, like looking for where that yep, color change off. in the water, especially like you're saying, like riffles with a structure where it goes from like shallow to deep. Like like those drops right. are gonna be sitting right there and they're gonna be ambushing prey, so that's always a good spot to look look for. Yeah. And so I feel yeah. like you guys are just poking at the bigger picture here. You know, I think you really need to start thinking how these predatory fish are when you're out there fishing. There's two things that these fish are really looking at. At least when I'm looking, you know, try to target these fish. You're looking for a place that they feel safe at, 
and you're looking at a place that they can find as a feeding opportunity. Yep. And if you can find a place that provides both those options to them, you've found a, a golden opportunity. And that changes up depending on the season, depending on the temperature, depending on the water condition. There's a shit ton of variables out there that dictate where the fish will feel safe and where they can find as a good feeding opportunity and a good lay for them to, you know, ambush predators and still feel safe at the same time. And so, you know, it's very hard to, you know, specifically answer that question um, because, you know, that, that can change up depending on, you know, a given day, a given river, a given you know specific weather pattern you know you know you know this year specifically is just throwing everything off so you know i think more importantly than you know looking for a specific feature or specific unique item on the river or something like that you need to start you know orienting yourself to okay where's this fish can be posted up what's the best spot when i'm going through this section of the river where is the best spot in this stretch right here that a fish can sit that would be protected and provide an opportunity for it to ambush prey coming down river Right. And, you know, I, I, I don't think people are analytical enough on the river because they just look, oh, there's a log. I caught a fish off a log. There's current. I caught a fish off a current. They're not thinking of, okay, why is it in the current there? Well, it's in this deep part of the current because the water's a little bit colder right now. They want something that's a little bit warmer. So in that very deep pot, they're still looking up at it. Or, okay, it's very warm here. So they're going to be sitting in this shade behind a log here. So get more analytical. Stop getting, you know, predisposed to this is how we've always done it kind of thing and just start thinking, okay, with these given conditions, if I was a fish, where would I sit to be safe and where would I sit to feed? Yeah. And if you can start answering that question when you're out there, you're going to have a lot more productive day on the water. Yeah, it's not like, oh, that's an eddy. I've read about that in a book. So then cast to the yeti. I mean, we joke an eddy. We joke all the time, and you'll hit her here on GoFoot, GoPro footage. But you know, we'll say foam is home. We'll say, and you know, we joke a lot that you know fish don't live behind boulders, even though we catch them all the time there. But it's one of those things that you know the the these sayings are out there because you know seventy five percent of the time the fish is there. Well, okay, that's where we're gonna cast there. But if we really think about it, you know, why am I casting there? Okay, well, you know, when I'm fishing these conditions, the fish is gonna be there. Well, if the fish, you know, if the conditions don't line up, that you just waste energy to to cast it there. You know, there's more production places to cast at that point so yep. you're doing yourself a disservice if you just follow those rules of thumb all the time so just you know be smart think about it and be a little bit analytical and try to figure out where those fish are actually going to be sitting yeah i like that justin r58 asks when you're when you're having a dry spell what do you guys do slash change to start producing fish again Tender. just what he was saying just just don't keep it Obviously, don't do what you have. Yeah, to don't. Do. Yeah, don't keep doing the same thing. Yeah. If, um, if if you think to yourself, this is how I've always done it, you're on the wrong path. Yeah. Ch- change up your presentation. I would say change the depth where you're fishing, where you're casting, and the motion that you're retrieving first. If none of that is working, then start changing flies to different size, profile, and movement. Boom. That's a quick one for you. Next. Yeah. No, that's good. See I'm good you. for like two more of these with our yeah no, no, no. with our early wade day tomorrow you look confused there's so many questions but they're they're very similar yeah alright so this guy says um, that he has a boat but he fishes by himself a lot so he wants to know where to get out of the boat and wade I won't leave that for you because you have people that do that you know I don't deal with those people yeah, like kind of where Scotty said, just use the boat to get through wading to air, the deep hole areas that you can't fish or you could possibly anchor up in there. And then once you once you kind of hit something a little 
you know, more narrow, shallow, more sh- like a strainer kind of area. Then hop out, wade that, wade it first, then go back, get back in the boat and float through it so that yeah. you're not spooking fish. Yeah. I like that. Well, okay. I want to take a look. I was just going to say, okay. there was one that said, when are you guys making the trip over to Minnesota? Ooh. Tomorrow. So, um, so it's first my homeland. Off, first off, um, I want an explanation for the UP of Michigan and an explanation of why Wisconsin has not just taken that over because that kind of just details everything I know about Wisconsin's. The fact they haven't taken over that part. Yeah. So that can you explain that? No. No. <laughs> Minnesota, Midwest, just In just general. Wisconsin. I'm interested. Yeah, I want to go. Hey, a better – why don't all these people ask when we're coming to them? Why don't they ever come to Alabama? Hey, dude from Minnesota, when are you coming to Alabama to fish? I actually, don't come here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't – Don't don't come to my house. <laughs> You'll get Here's shot. Here's Steven's address. <laughs> you, you will be it's shot. popping up on the screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> right here. Click. It's for the Google Maps link to Steven's house. I would like to go up to Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, though. Someone, someone said we should come to – he said, when you come into Michigan to catch footballs, and I'd like to. Their football team doesn't do it, but I guess <laughs> I guess the fishermen do. I don't really know. Yeah. Okay. Well, growing up in Minnesota and, like, fishing around there, I know, like, it's really good fishing, but I hadn't, like, done any river fly fishing. So, I filmed over there a lot, and there's some good stuff over there that we could wreck. Yeah. We'll do it. I want that boundary water. Dude. That would be cool. Like the woods. I know it's only canoes and stuff and like motorless. It's a motorless area, right? Yeah. Yes. That would be cool, though. That would be cool. Because I think there's just so much, so many fish there to just go around. It just wouldn't matter. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I read through all the questions there. And honestly, you you guys asked some great questions there. And I feel like for the most part, we've answered them. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout this whole podcast here. And the ones that we didn't necessarily answer... I just don't think they would have chived well with our conversation here. It would have been very awkward to try to fit it in there. Um, We definitely appreciate your comments there, and we'll take them in consideration, and we'll definitely have future podcasts. Um, I saw a lot of comments in there, more trout-related, that I think would line up perfectly for a good smallmouth podcast. So, you know, be paying out. What? Read it out. (laughs) There's a lot of questions that I thought would chive very well with a short bus. Uh, Hey. There's a lot of questions that I thought would shy well with a short bus podcast. Um, you know, there's trout ones. There's a few other ones like that that, you know, no, definitely don't fall under the umbrella of a smallmouth podcast, but would fall in lines with that. So, you know, keep on it. Keep keep hitting us up with questions. And, you know, every time you see that thing, you know, just, just give us a shout. You know, we love you guys, and we appreciate your feedback, and we love hearing from you guys because, you know, that's what gets me excited to see, see y'all's questions, see what you guys want to know because – you know, that's what we're here for. I, I want to answer your questions. I want to help you become better fishermen. I want to help you enjoy the sport that we all love. So uh, just a big shout out to you guys for responding. I know it was a very short time time frame that Scotty threw that out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, love you guys. That was the yeah. nicest thing I've heard Steven say in the past, like, five years. <laughs> okay. Nice. All right. Checks out. All right. So, um, come here, come here yeah. Wade. So come on over here, Wade. Uh, so we have our boy. Uh, over there. <laughs> our boy, Wade. Uh, this motherfucker grew up across the street from me. Uh, we've been good friends for forever. Um, we've been fishing forever. And um, I'm a, I love this guy. And he wanted to have some closing remarks from him. He's been doing a great service for us this week, helping us out with uh, media content, content 
uh, helping me out with product pictures, helping me out with stills, and been working with Scotty here on some behind the scenes kind of action, and just you know generally monitoring camera camera work here. So um, he wanted to throw some closing remarks in here. So we're gonna let my boy speak. And he's, al he's also been uh, the one shooting all the wide angle stuff that you guys have seen throughout yeah. the, the if, episode. If that made it in, it yeah, be good. it'll make mm -hmm. it in. <laughs> I'm up on chairs and stuff, having just a very sneaky time back here. Yeah, but, Cru crushing it, dude. But yeah, dude, shout out to Scotty for getting this film together. I think it's going to be a banger with the drone footage and everything, the GoPro stuff. But to answer some of the questions from before, like under the one that stuck out was like the one fly you could use. I think if you're asking that question, get a blue line bundle, like straight up. Because like... You know, I get Steven and Adam's hand-me-down flies. Like, that's what I've used to fish all my life. It's just like, <laughs> what they fished with and got tired of or learned how to tie better. So my boxes have been just, it. like, an abomination of, like, you know, precursor cuter browns and stuff. <laughs> and they catch fish, even the ones that, like, you know, weren't good. They hand me this stuff, and I'm like, this is just trash. I don't care what you do with it, burn it. And I'm like, this is the best fly I've ever used in my life. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead serious. Like, everything I own is hand-me-down. Like, like Adam said, with he's, like he would suggest an old rod, you know, or like a used rod or a cheap one. I, my streamer rod until yesterday was my granddad's 30-year-old, like just eight, nine-weight rod with – with a seven weight reel and whatever line Steven gives me that he says is trash and is the best line I've ever owned. But you dick. Know, <laughs> if you go on the blue line website, you'll see it's, I think for the bass bundle, it's actually a picture with me in the, Oh, it is. I'm in there. And I think that's way gets royalties. Yeah. It's very <laughs> fitting no, no, yeah, because no, that's all, that's all the flies that you yeah. get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. get flies. <laughs> But I'm the same way. I'm like, what fly is like the go-to? You know, like what's the old reliable? And you have to figure that out yourself. Yeah, you like, get a get a variety of them. Yeah, yeah. We, we were on the one river, and I did not catch a. The first day I was on the trip, I did not catch a smallmouth. I caught a rock bass and a white bass, and the second day I was just snake bit. Could not catch fish, and so I'm just like, I've been throwing olive and orange, which has been working, but I'll do the olive and gold. I've never thrown it. It's looked cool. It's been in the box, but threw it out there just because it was there and just slayed him on that all day and that's what we switched to yeah so. he hit me up right afterwards and i was just like well let me try this olive and gold one here 50 yards later i hook into a what mad decent two pounder and then right after that you double up right there cue your footage for that yeah. uh but you know all it took was wade you know having that variety of flies we've offered him and like well no one's you know they've been hitting olive and orange you know intermittently let's try this olive and gold one it has a little more flash in it and, you know, he starts pounding them. I'm like, yo, wait, what are you using over there? He's like, olive and gold. I was like, well, fuck, let me try that thing. Put it on there. And like I said, you know, less than 100 yards later, I'm pulling out a nice fish with Wade doubling up right after me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's just what the bundle is all about. Just like else. being able to find something without having – it's hard to go on a website and say, like, I want this fly and this fly and this fly for these reasons. You just kind of get thrown a box and you just kind of learn with it. It's like taking like gen ed classes in college, and then you learn what you want to do, narrow it down. Then you oh, I didn't learn anything agree. in gen ed classes. <laughs> like no, you get you get through those there things. You no, get through I, the flies that you don't like, and then you give them to the next thing. guy, and then the next guy, <laughs> he's got it. But yeah. I think that's kind of why I'm very invested in like the success of Blue Line and whatnot. It's just because with those bundles, especially, it's like how I came to learn how to fly fish. Is like I, I learned directly from Steve, and he taught me on our home river. Uh, Adam was there from time to time, learned a lot from him. And it's kind of like these guys are, you know, who taught me 
so it's really cool to have other people be like these flies are great i'm learning how to fly fish and getting interested from the videos that you put out that is really cool to me so yeah that's just kind of my my little two cents there dude i love it that's a, i think it's a great way to close it out um appreciate you popping in man yeah we're, and uh, we should give a shout out to Jared as well. Yeah, he's huge, not here huge tonight. Shout out to our food and beverages manager. Oh yeah, food and beverage manager. The these trips take a whole lot of planning, prep, coordination with everybody. Some help from outside sources, from people that you don't see on camera. <laughs> and yep. uh, Jared, Jared was a huge help to us this week, helping us uh, borrow a boat from him. Everything from that to to getting everything together for us, helping Finance us row coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And, and getting, helping us, you know, make runs to the grocery store, stuff like that, that I can't do. Cause I don't live here anymore. So yeah, yeah. yeah massive, shout massive shout out to Jared and Wade for, for their help this week. Yeah. It's been huge. We're really excited for you guys to see um, the series that's going to come out here pretty soon. I mean, I guess we'll probably release this podcast with potentially we'll release this podcast with when the series comes out. Um, but if you guys have made this made it this far, we really really appreciate y'all sticking around, hanging out with us. Um, we're about to go to bed. We got one more day of fishing tomorrow. We're doing a little Wade mission. And if you've made it this far, uh, make sure you go over to BlueLineFlies.com, scoop up some flies. Like Wade was saying, the bundles are a great way to get just a variety of flies, and um, you know, just just put these flies to the test. And our uh, what's the saying? If uh, if you're not fishing them. <laughs> these these <laughs> flies will, will work if you're. <laughs> yeah, these flies may work if you fish them properly. <laughs> if you fish them properly. Disclaimer. D- disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> Warning to the customers. And just for everybody to know, we are Blue Line Co., a company. A company. <laughs> All right. Good night. We have night. an EIN good number. Good night, everyone. All right. Yep. Good night, guys. <laughs> night, night. All right. See you. All right.